0: You're listening to The Vocal Minority with Nick Reynolds and Steve Harness. <laughs> mm. Hot. How much time? You're hot. Mm. I love scotch. I love scotch. is scotch scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-mm. Hot. That is good. You're hot. The How are you? Do you look awfully nice tonight. Maybe don't wear a bra next time. How much time till we're on? <laughs> what? We're on the air. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? Dow, I think we're as ready as we're gonna be here on this uh, 24th of October is recording date for episode number nine of Vocal Minority with Nick and Steve
1: Ala Brusque. Yes, number nine, number nine. We're about to double digits, everybody. They've yet to stop us. Look at that, dude. They've tried. (laughs) They've made solid
0: efforts to
1: do so, and it's pretty early
0: for them to be making such solid efforts to shut the program down.
1: I don't know. I take that as a compliment. I think when you hit the ground running and you're getting calls from uh, angry uh, listeners and lawyers and everyone else like, hey, we must be doing something right.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, vocal Minority, episode number nine. You can see us online at the vocal dot net. Yep. And Contact find us, us on the social. Page.
1: Yeah, contact us through the website, social media, any of that kind of stuff. But the key word is here, contact us. We want to hear from you people. Um, everyone listening right now, I've said it before, I'm going to keep saying it, you're in on the ground floor. We are growing slowly. But if you're listening to this and you're finding it even mildly amusing, tell somebody for the love of God. Seriously. are growing slowly like a uh, 48,
0: 49-year-old boner. Does your boner really? grow slower than it used to or does no. it just poop? Yes. No, I'm
1: doing just fine.
2: No, it's uh, it's kind of slow. Really a slower build on it.
0: Steve's yeah. always bragging that he uh just chubs up right away. Uh yeah. you have no issues, you've never had an issue, a sexual issue,
1: Steve uh no i mean not a, a, a tangible kind of one like that and i uh i'm on propicia because i'm trying to keep as much of this as i still have up there right. and my doctor for the first time told me like hey by the way is it slowing you down sexually like a lot of men experience uh decreased libido or trouble with erection i'm like nope doing just fine if this is slowed down and <laughs> you may want to take me down another notch have I you ever like had, had a the rough prime. night
0: at all like uh where uh, you couldn't perform just one night something was off
1: yeah once in a blue moon and even that i got to kind of stretch the memory banks to uh to really come up with that now i i mean i can tell you every new relationship and you have to start off wearing condoms and whatnot i hate condoms you know i uh, i've got an a game that i can normally bring but if i have to wrap it up like it takes it down a notch you know because i have this psychological thing like the first time i ever tried to have sex i Fumbled and stumbled with condoms so much that I lost my erection and I, then I'm like god, you know I got all in my head. Yeah, and that has haunted me for the last, you know 30 years or whatever So whenever condoms come out I try to I get it. I get it ripped open first I get it ready so that when I'm prime and ready I just throw that thing on and keep going but then you got to maintain Cause I like to kind of have a little ebb and flow. Like if, if things go up and down, if I'm at 90% hard, I can still keep going and then it gets back up or, you know, but when the condoms involved, it's just, you know, you've got to stay on that game the whole time. So that's the only issues I ever have.
0: Yeah. Well, it is. You're, you bring up a solid point. Uh, You do get things in your head. And then if you let that take over your mind, it'll live with you forever. Such a condom. You know what I mean? Like I've got a few of those things in my head and I can't even think of them to be honest with you right now, but when it happens during a sexual encounter, I know it, it pops out and I'm just like, Oh, why can't I let this take over my sexual chemistry that's happening right at this moment, whether it's an insecurity or what, I don't know exactly, but I have a couple of them that pop up every now and again.
1: Yep. yep insecurity. I know. what do you mean like performance wise or what
0: yes uh there i i i have an insecurity pop up every once in a while performance wise that i am doing the job that i want to deliver mm. uh or if i'm just gonna get off too soon if uh if it's been a little while and i'm gonna uh come too quickly i'm not a guy who can who can do that and then just strap like let's go again one minute Later, I can't. I got. I need about twenty minutes or, yeah. or twenty-five minutes to a half an hour.
1: Interesting. You know, it's I funny. just not like, do it in my twenties and thirties. I would agree with that. Like, why once I was done, I was done. But I don't know. Somehow in my forties here, I've hit a different stride where I just uh, I, I chug a little Gatorade and I, I get back in there. But again, condoms. You can't do that. Like, this is assuming you're in a good relationship and you can just go, you know, bareback. Cause otherwise, you now putting the <laughs> condom back on, like getting, no, 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 like then it is done. But,
0: but what's your wait time? Uh, if you get off, how long do you, uh, how long before you can perform again?
1: Uh, I'll tell you, dude. I mean, again, historically, <laughs> I guess you need five or 10 minutes, but I got into a weird zone in these last few years of my life where I, I didn't need any downtime. There would be times that would come and just, I just keep on going, didn't even stop. Uh,
0: yeah wow that's champion
1: status dude yeah not, i'm
0: not not capable of that
1: i didn't think i was either but apparently i am and uh yeah
0: Bruce, the, you sound like you're on my team you can't perform right away uh, again or not you need not, I mean, time or what
2: god in my, in my 20s i mean there, there were nights where i was pulling double duty you know what does um, that mean like two just, different women in one night
1: or yes yeah oh know. wow
2: yeah pulling double duty yeah oh yeah <laughs> that, that, uh, oh yeah 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 a yeah. yeah, little yeah. stinky but impressive <laughs> but what do you mean like Come on, uh, with, steve steve this is me you're talking about of
1: course you're yeah well, you're in to your well, 20s too so that's fine well, 20s, it's what do you to mean my- though
0: double duty do you mean like you uh make sex with one girl and then get off and then there's another girl like right there in the same bedroom and you do it right then or no. do you drive to her house
1: no, you're no, talking I, like I, hours later. You're then with another woman in the same.
2: Exactly. Night, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of a regular occurrence for me in my twenties. I, I, just had because it was this older lady that I knew who, you know, uh, was always free at nighttime, and so I could go to her house afterwards. And so, yeah.
0: Wow, Ruski, are you a, a cuddler? Uh, I imagine you to maybe be a cuddler at the end of a session.
2: Um, you got to give me a few minutes to cool down, otherwise it's like it's like sitting in a uh, like a a, a a vinyl seat in a car during the summer
0: mm, yeah. you know so, you, you,
2: you start you're sticking and it's uncomfortable give me a few minutes to cool down and then you know you're not getting that you know you're not getting that sort of thing you know? okay
0: I understand that uh Steve this is a question I have for you yeah. uh you've become you've gotten in better shape
1: over the last two years or whatever, right? Yeah, Yeah, that might have something to do with it, quite frankly. Say again? That Uh, that might have something to do with my increased stamina.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, uh, do you still uh, feel like when you're going hardcore, like uh, uh, you get a cramp every once in a while, or are you just all balls to the walls like, oh, I got to switch positions, my thighs are getting sore, or whatever, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There's occasionally a leg cramp issue that will creep in on me, but I'm pretty good at readjusting to keep going with that flow. Um, I'll I'll tell you the biggest issue I had over the last few years was I would start – Particularly when I was off the mountain, when I was down in the Central California area where it gets hotter, I yeah. will uh, I will just sweat buckets, like just porn star style, just freaking just going and going, <laughs> and just, like dripping on her kind of thing. And uh, but it's all in the it's all in the fun heat of the moment, so it's it's good. But there's plenty of times where I finish and I just roll over in you know borderline exhaustion. Yeah, I, I had told right. my ex more than once, like, you just watch. Like, I will die in bed. Like, I will have a heart attack one of these because I'm just going to keep going stronger like this. So, when I'm in my 50s or 60s, like, I'll make this prediction now. I'm probably going to end up having a heart attack in bed. You don't I, think
0: you'll be stopped? I stop.
1: No, 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 no. Mm. It's, no. It's like you said earlier, most of sex is a head game. It's what's, you know, what you got going on upstairs. And, um, I'm just so into it that uh, mind over matter, but eventually my matter, my body is probably going to give out. So we'll see. It's well, a good way to go though. No remorse. Yeah, it would be a bad way to do it. I suppose. Yeah, tra- tra- traumatizing a- for her potentially, <laughs> but uh, you know, well, it's,
2: it's interesting you say that because you know, that I have the defibrillator implanted on my chest and wired to my heart. And there's been a couple of times where my heart has gotten so out of control you know, what happens is my defibrillator doesn't know anything to do other than shock me. Ah,
0: oh, yeah. So um, you get your heart rate in, up going. Shocked before. And uh, that's something that
1: lays a grown bull down on the floor.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, so have you the, ever been having
1: sex and get shocked?
2: Exactly. Oh. And what hap- What happens is is that it actually, if it happens while I'm, uh, while I'm penetrated, then yep. I actually transfer a little bit of that energy to her. Seriously, oh, you shock her. Absolutely. It just, just a little bit. I mean, hell, I got wow. I once got shocked by by Jen holding my holding my arms. And when I got shocked to be standing up and she she felt the shock in her hands. That's just like hands on clothes. Wow. This is like penis and vagina. And of course, <laughs> yeah. boom, yeah. Uh,
1: it, is it a good sensation or for oh. her?
2: Well, I don't, me, me, but, I don't know. Part of me, I don't know.
1: Not it, you. I'm sure for you, it's terrible. But is the transference is that somehow good or what? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. What? Oh. See, there's a trick. The girl
2: enjoys off. the buzz that she gets off your shock. Yes, because because what happens is the shock will come out and it goes to the strongest heat source. Wow. Because that's, what the, that's what that's what that's what electricity does. It's Steve, a I
0: thought that was a ridiculous question. I mean,
1: uh, that's that's fascinating, Bruce. Right. Yeah. So you're capable of a trick that most men are not. Oh, I would That's rather
2: I I don't even want it. It's yeah. it's, it's <laughs> awful. It, I mean it's it, I mean it throws me back. Oh yeah.
0: I remember once and I know Steve remembers too that when we were on the air you got shocked and it was uh I mean it it, it laid you down. It wore it wore you out like that. And uh, uh, like you had just been hit by a truck. And I, kn- uh, I know it looked painful, but I mean, after the shock happens, you look like you've been hit by a truck.
2: Well, yeah, it it, it takes it just takes a lot out of you. It, yeah, it, it, it really does. Uh, I mean, I, I'd rather have that than my heart being crazy. Sure. I mean, the, last
1: time, yeah.
2: the last time I got shocked, my heart was beating at 220 beats a minute
1: holy shit that is unbelievable what would happen if you achieved orgasm at the exact time that you get shocked i mean would that be ecstasy or torture would your head explode (laughs) i mean maybe maybe a little bit of both yeah that's interesting this could be a whole like porn category, shocking oh, sex, you know. Defibrillator I mean, porn, right? Yeah. No, I don't think so, <laughs> dude. We <laughs> might have women lining up for you now, you know, like. It, but he doesn't want it to happen. No, it's no. not sure worth he doesn't 15. want it, but if you got women lining up, like, let me just bang you every day for the next year, and maybe it'll happen one of these times. Like, yeah. I would take that offer. The thing that's always weirded (laughs) me out about your defibrillator, he
0: would take that offer. He's never been shocked, brisky. So yeah, he he would take that offer.
1: I'm just saying any offer that gets women lining up can't be that bad, right? Uh, Yes, dude. uh He's
2: just hit by a truck in his heart. He gets shocked. Oh, it's it's it's, but while
1: you're having sex, I mean...
2: Well, but, but here's the thing you are like,
1: really fucking horny, dude. That's like Something is matter with you. No, nothing's matter with me. I'm in the prime of my life. It's like saying, you know, if you're going to have your... If your heart's going to get shocked while you're eating chocolate ice cream, that's just all the better, right? I'm just saying... It's gonna happen. (laughs) You might as well maximize the experience.
0: You know, what's always freaked me out, Bruski, is the uh, the guess of you know what. Here's here's something that really freaks me out in life that I've become kind of paranoid about. I had this thought in my head one time while I was driving, like, how come the airbag can't just like accidentally go off sometime? So it'd be like, I'm driving oh. and then just like, boom, it smacks you. And I relate that to your defibrillator of like, you don't ever possibly, you don't ever know when it's coming. And that ha- is like a ticking time bomb inside your chest. That gives me so much fucking anxiety. dude.
1: Well, imagine if you're getting roadhead and the bag goes off, like just, I mean, everywhere, it's a stimulation. And I'm telling you guys
0: horny, dude. You're relating <laughs> everything to sex
1: You really have gone We're mad. talking about sex It's not relating really everything to it
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Not grass Do I'm you I'm have just trying anxiety About that
0: defibrillator I, I, going off What's that again Do you have anxiety about your defibrillator I, I, no,
2: no 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 no. Because uh, mm. I can always tell When I'm getting in a bad spot And, and I, look, when my heart really starts to go And mm. if it's really getting Elevating itself then I just need to find a safe place to sit or lay down and just kind of prepare myself. Um, and if it comes down on its own, fine. If it doesn't and I get shocked, at least I'm in a safe spot.
1: Mm. Um, Does it go off when your heart rate gets too high or too low or either of those scenarios?
2: Both, actually. So what happens is, so my, my defibrillator is there because my heart stops. It's just, it will just stop for, yeah. for no particular, right? But what happens is when it's when my heart gets out of control it only knows one thing to do and that is shock me as hard as it needs to to get my heart back to regular rhythm so Mm -hmm. it 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 doesn't there's there's no subtlety to it it just it's the same shock whether it stopped or whether it's going too fast so
1: so if you're 200 beats a minute or something and it shocks you that knocks your heart rate down in half like just immediately takes it down a notch
2: It, it, it knocks me back into regular rhythm
1: Wow. it sort of resets the, the it sort of
0: resets the heart
2: yeah some, sometimes when like when I go into AFib which is this other issue I have with my heart it just always feels like it feels like you're working out all the time and you're like mm. sweating and that sort of thing and mm. when AFib doesn't go away and your heart always feels like it's going nuts
1: sure yeah right.
2: um, I sometimes have to go to the to the hospital, and they actually have to. It's
1: the medical segment. Sorry.
2: Sorry they they <laughs> they basically they basically shock my heart instead of using my instead of having my defibrillator do it. They take this big patch and put wow. it on my back and knock me out, and then then they shock my heart uh, to get it back in regular rhythm.
1: Interesting. Wow. Well, we're glad you have the uh, defibrillator, dude. All I'm oh. suggesting is that you've created a new porn category here and you may want to capitalize on it. You know? Don't uh, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Do you
0: have a little chub right now, Steve? Are you horned talking about this?
1: Yeah. Strap on a harness, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're actually a little chubbed Our up right now. So funny. I no, not really. But I am on uh <laughs> I, I'm on permanent standby mode. It basically oh, is what I'm saying. Like you know ready for action uh, now that
0: you're back into the single world uh, how many
1: times are you manipulating your penis per week manipulating like talking down to it but giving itself issues <laughs> yeah <laughs> you will do a- this
0: a- whatever gets you off
1: <laughs> uh you know here's the deal nick you and i have talked before about how many times a week what's the magic number and seven is not the number, but four or five probably is. And so right. whether it's with somebody else or myself, I'm, I think I, I, I'm i like a, an Olympic athlete. I have to maintain my stamina so that if I All get right. the call to go run the quarter mile or yeah. climb the mountain, then I'm ready to go. So that's, uh, I, I think I've maintained the average pretty well.
0: Uh, that's fantastic. Good for you, dude. Uh, we talked about, uh, a long time ago on the show about prostate health and, uh, Steve's been getting prostate exams since he's been a small boy. And, uh, I just had a doctor's appointment last week and I, I asked her, I said, Hey, should I be getting my prostate exam? I'm 46 years old, have some history of, uh, prostate cancer in my family. I was like, should I be getting it? And she was like, Nah, not unless you want it the new <laughs> regulation is like
1: 50 years old hold on for colonoscopies they just dropped it to 45 so this is know. just prostate exam okay doesn't the colonoscopy just... cover at all i don't even know i don't know the right answer to this well look, i don't think, they... think
2: so I don't think Dr. Dr. Jellyfinger does colonoscopies. I right. think he – yeah, Dr. Jellyfinger just goes in and starts rooting around a little bit and trying to figure a mixture of everything's okay. Oh, I
1: see. I see. I had that done then not too long ago. She was a nice woman, so
2: it was oh, good. Oh, nice. No, you was, di- did you <laughs> buy her dinner or something afterwards? <laughs> or?
1: No, I just paid my copay. I, I, I had my <laughs> – I had my annual physical, and uh, yeah, that was part of it. And Nick is referencing a story when I was in high school that I got a prostate <laughs> exam by uh, by the gym coach, and it was it was in his van. I didn't seem that <laughs> appropriate, but no. Growing up, you know, my dad's a doctor, so whenever there was the annual sports physical, you know, paperwork you had to submit to your school so you could be on the track team or basketball or whatever, yeah. my dad would just sign it. He would just check his <laughs> sign and sign it and but then there was one year where i was like I, maybe a junior or senior in high school and he was out of town and the <laughs> forms were due that week for basketball tryouts so i had to actually go to my doctor for the first time and yeah. have him do a sports physical and i explained to him i've never had one because my dad just always signs it and he was like well in that case like i'm the first doctor <laughs> to ever really examine you like i got to do the whole thing then and uh, yeah, he rode a rooting around a little bit. He put on some Mary really? Manilow. It was nice. But um, How old were you? Like 15 or 16? 16, 17. Yeah. Way too young,
0: dude.
2: <laughs> Way too
0: young. How Correct, about the worst? It's How on about the before, worm, though.
2: But, uh, but the worst I've ever gotten was the uh, they hold your testicles and they tell you to turn and cough. That's it.
0: That's, that was, yeah, I mean, that's all I ever had. In a, that was in for in football. Physical. That's regular work right there. I mean, a prostate exam at 15 or 16 is called (laughs) (laughs) molestation. you know
1: i think it was just diligence really (laughs) okay
2: sure he's he's
1: been telling himself for 30 years dude just i was not traumatized by it but it's it's haunted nick since i've told him the story 20 years ago so
2: well Well, it's awful dude as long as it didn't happen on a air mattress on the back of a windowless van i think you're okay
1: yeah i mean yeah, the receptionist maybe. did it was that weird i don't know but yeah oh, I don't know. no one ever gets molested
0: in a doctor's <laughs> office <dude. laughs> hey listen to this the reason i bring all this up is because uh, they have put out these new regulations but they've also said to keep a, a healthy prostate uh you have to you have to ejaculate right that's part of keeping a healthy prostate huh. uh, how many times a month would you say that the uh, the health board says you should be ejaculating to keep a healthy prostate?
1: Oh, you know the correct answer? Yes. Um, I mean, they sound like a bunch of prudes, so <laughs> I'm going to assume it's like 10. This is all
0: medical, all right, mind you. So, I mean, prude has nothing to do with it. Okay. Uh, this is to keep a healthy prostate and recommendations. Uh,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll guess 10. I don't know. I
0: don't know.
2: I was like twelve to fourteen.
0: All right. See, and that to me would seem like I mean that's doable, right? That's uh sure. that's
1: basically do it in an afternoon. Off yeah. every other day, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I fall behind, I could bang that out in a weekend, yes, for sure. Twenty eight. Twenty-eight, 28 time. times.
0: Twenty-eight times. You should ejaculate twenty-eight times a month. Which I mean, if you are doing it with a partner, I mean, to me anyway, that's oh. unreasonable. Like, I don't want to yeah. do it that many times a month.
1: That is a lot, uh,
0: twenty-eight yeah. times. Yeah, and that's just to keep her nice and healthy, all natural. Like, just keep keep your prostate healthy.
1: Well, you've given me a new uh, bar to to achieve here. So wait, I, I don't back down from a medical challenge. So
2: what well, <laughs> yeah. what what happens in February? Yeah, that's right. You got to do, do it every, it every day, day huh?
1: dude. Unless it's a leap year, then you can take one day off, I guess. Yeah. But uh, boy, that's interesting. Twenty-eight times—that that seems a lot, even yeah. for a desperate single guy. Twenty-eight yeah. times in a month seems pretty excessive. But that's a lot. That's of cleaning, why we have
2: a, a lot of cleaning of the pipes. You center. know?
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and okay, now the next question is: uh, When you are watching pornography? on the internet are you guys seeing these ads where they're selling pills for you to have a larger load
2: yes and i can, I know the name of the the product but i don't what want to is give them a plug it's called semen
1: yes why would you want that is. but that was uh,
0: my question dude I, I, it seems odd to me that i would be like i'm kind of self-conscious that my load's not big enough like i don't understand that
2: because Do you because- get it no, 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 some people like that. I mean, I know ladies who absolutely love it. it they get more turned on if there's, if it's voluminous, an excessive
1: amount, yeah. not just a regular amount.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's so it's almost like to them, like like they they did a good job. You know what I mean? <laughs> good boy.
1: Interesting. Good
2: boy. Yeah. yeah. Oh so
1: I saw an Amy Schumer stand-up bit a while back, uh, uh, probably a few years ago at this point. I know this one. Well, she was kind of making fun of her guy that like, you know, he gets oh, all no. like, I'm going to bang you like a porn star and he's all machismo. And then just a just little bit comes out. <laughs> and I thought to myself, like, do women not understand that there's a limited reservoir and the longer you've gone between orgasms, the more full your tank is, and the more it can come out. But sure. if you orgasm repeatedly, even in a day or two, when you have sex it's no indication of your excitement level or anything there's just not as much in the tank anymore
0: yeah i don't know that they do understand that yeah. uh but and maybe that's the reason behind this this pill that you know that they're selling to make you have more all the time but that yeah, seemed odd to me and i don't know what the like steve said the longer you go, the fuller your tank gets. But like, what's the average size is different for
1: everybody, I would have to think. I would assume. I don't, I, I don't even know how to gauge that, though. Uh, well, think about filling up a NyQuil,
0: uh, <laughs> you know, a little medicine NyQuil thing. Glass. You NyQuil Do you think you
1: could fill that up if you did no. not orgasm for a month? Oh, for a month maybe, yeah. but I think the tank hits a limit at some point too. It's not like going into your kidneys or something. No, it's just everywhere. <laughs> um, it so I don't know. Tank a different size. I would think I'm generally good for a half a shot glass. We talked about uh, you wow. know making a donation medically on the last show, and you know when I had to fill up the cup a few times like. You know, it's a decent sized cup. I would fill the bottom, but it, I no, I don't think I could fill a whole shot glass on any average. No. Donation. I, I would hope not. I mean, okay. <laughs> do,
0: do you so. fill a shot glass, Brusky?
2: Maybe if it's if uh, if i have been a while, I I I might be able to. But then it's but that's not like in one sitting. That's like a few different times and yeah, no, I mean I'm
1: not I'm eventually not thinking,
2: you can fill one <laughs> you can't work hard enough to fill a shot glass I'm just asking like in
0: one sitting can no. you fill a shot glass
2: no i i i can't i can't okay right.
1: let me bring What's, up something here that this please. reminds me of and this yes. i had echoes of this in my last relationship so maybe i can connect those dots but we had a friend in Seattle Nick another disc jockey uh, schnickerdoodles that would, uh, would <laughs> us, just leave it there. That okay. would tell us. He told us a story yeah. about how his girlfriend or wife or whatever it was at the time that basically she did not want him masturbating. So if they had sex and not enough came out, that she would look at him and be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. well that's not enough. <laughs> like if you've been doing something on your own." And I remember thinking, like, dude, that is creepy crazy that your woman is monitoring how much ejaculate you have and then judging you on it and wondering if you're masturbating and all. Do you remember the story?
0: Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's borderline abusive, dude, that you're yes. trying to control what I can do when we're not yes. together. That's right. Odd. Like and he didn't seem bothered by it. He was like, I'm being a good boy. Right. <laughs> Some guys I like
2: I always I thought, oh, thing. Oh, what's that? Some guys like like that one that the lady keeps them in line, you know?
1: I don't know about that. And it always was to me like that's a major red flag if a woman ever tries to uh, regulate your masturbation and whatnot. but I still
2: I there you I have a friend in Seattle who actually dated a woman who said that basically said that if he masturbated that it was basically he was cheating on her,
1: yeah, that's yeah. my stuff.
2: And actually, I have some other friends who have uh, a brother who has a wife who he was away on a work trip in and uh, he got a little excited and he looked on the phone, his phone and watched him porn and roughed up the suspect. And uh, she uh, she found out that he had watched porn on his phone. And because he watched porn she said that he was cheating and that he was an awful person because of how awful it is to women and blah, 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 blah. Mm, Yeah. And I'm just like, man, you know what? That's just too controlling for me. Yes. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's beyond way too controlling for me. Like you don't get to, you don't get to monitor that.
1: No. So
0: what happens outside of our home? Yes. I mean, you can have the expectation that I won't be cheating with somebody, but if I'm making love to myself, like uh, I'm in charge, I'm in charge. I own the,
2: I own the equipment. It's my equipment. If right. I want to do something with it, I'll do something with it. Yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, in, in no scenarios, masturbation cheating. Uh, I know that some women have objections to porn, but then so what if you masturbate without porn? Then there should be no objection whatsoever. But uh, I will tell you, my ex early on told me something along those lines of like, I don't like porn, and it's weird if you're masturbating. Like it's not cheating, but I don't like it. Mm. And it was always like, hmm, bit of a red flag. It reminded me of the Seattle DJ story. Yes, But I was in this conundrum of, well, she was satisfying everything. Like, I didn't need to masturbate. And uh, if I needed some relief, she was always there. So I kind of thought, like, it's not an actual issue, so I'm not going to make one out of it. But it bothers me. And I remember, like, a year and a half, two years into our relationship, she brought it up one time of, like, you know. I didn't mean to say like you know you can i don't really like it and i don't want you to but you can yeah. that's weird was, to me yeah though. it, it yeah. was weird it was weird you know but i always thought like if you're in a relationship where she's not giving you enough then you certainly have no grounds to be telling me i can't go jerk off but but i was in a relationship where it's like well y- you're giving me plenty so maybe i shouldn't make a big stink out of this but yeah you but know,
2: sometimes sometimes one of mini
1: red flags now that i look back did you see
2: the mood strikes you know you you gotta you gotta take it you know you gotta rub one out you know and
1: listen there were times where i would and i felt like i i just never told her and that seemed weird too like why should i not be able to tell but it's like i don't need to make an issue out of this and it's none of your fucking business if i rub one out and you know it, it all went to her past she had some boyfriend who had a porn addiction and he wasn't touching her because he was touching himself all that it's like you know what Enough of your bullshit.
2: <laughs> well, so when they say that they don't want you watching porn, so then you say, "Okay, well, you know what? I'll masturbate and I'll think about your sister."
0: Yeah. <laughs> is, is that is that any better? Is it goes over very well.
1: And again, you know, uh, this woman I'm referring to would be like, I'll make a movie then, like, do it to my movie. I'm like, well, again, like, boy, this is not hard the to same. like. Re- it's it's not the same per se, but I'm like, boy, you're being so accommodating. <laughs> I really do appreciate the effort you're going here. But You're
0: being so accommodating, but so controlling all right. at the same time. Exactly, you know? Exactly. I'm not into it. And I do understand, at least in my experience, that porn in a relationship, whether enjoyed – together or by yourself once in a while can make things very exciting i think if you for for you to come together you know what i mean
1: like all things sex if you can be (laughs) healthy and open about it there's 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 no reason not to yeah but yeah there we would occasionally be going at it and yeah she had all these porn hang-ups so there are these women are abused you know like but then occasionally we would be going at it and she would be like put a porn on put a porn on i just want to watch somebody else do it too i just and then as soon as we were done she was like turn that off turn it off turn it off like some guilty teenager jerking off. And it was like, it's dirty, it's wrong, <laughs> you know, throw the playboy out. Like, right. And I just always, I just, it was such a minefield. I never wanted to go into it. So it was like, if you want to watch some, great. If you don't, great. like, whatever. But yeah, there was, it's baggage. It's everyone's baggage. You know. Here's, for here's, sure.
2: here's, here's a quick point story for you. Sure. So I had an ex that, um, uh, that I met in Seattle and I went to go visit her in Paris, uh. Back you in her in
1: Paris. Wow. Okay.
2: She was. She left me in Seattle and went to go to school, and so I went to go visit her in Paris. And so we sounds were- sounds like a Lizzie
1: McGuire movie. But go ahead.
2: She, <laughs> so she we we went to Pagal, which is the red light district in Paris. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I've always thought about, you know, having sex, you know, in one of these porn booths. So you go into We go oh. into the right, but we go into the this porn booth, right? And it's just this is not like you are like. This isn't like going to the lusty lady where, like, you stand in this booth and and that sort of thing.
0: That's saying, what I'm picturing, by the way. So I'm okay. glad you told me it's not that.
1: Okay. But, so well, describe there, the porn booth. I don't know what you're describing, then. I haven't been to the Red Light District in Paris recently.
2: So, so the, this particular porn booth, like, it, it had different names on each door. And you could, like, you, it would tell you what was going to be showing in each one of those different rooms. Okay. You know, and... Okay. Um,
0: Is there a couch or...
2: There was there was a, a vinyl chair and it actually had one of those mm. tall ashtrays next to it. Like I guess somebody's gonna sit there smoking a cigarette and watching cigarette. it like you're watching a movie. You know, it's
1: very French. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah,
2: yeah. and so, and so I happened to didn't let her see the name of the the door that we were going into, and it was one that said animal. Oh boy. Yeah. Exactly. And so she, she kind of got a little bothered that. I brought her in to see a, a bestiality porn. Oh, my I God. got a little I bothered. I mean, <laughs> I'm a little a bothered. Champion. I remember oh, the first on. time okay. I saw
0: bestiality, I about died. Dude. I was going to
2: okay. say,
1: it makes you want to vomit. Like.
2: Yeah, I know. But, but I mean, it was right there. And I'm like, okay, this is too funny, you know?
1: <laughs> so, did you guys bang while watching some hooker with a horse or whatever it was? I mean.
2: No, no. We, we didn't stay long in there. but I And we went into, like, a, one of the other ones where, like, you got to. It was just movies. It oh, wasn't. Okay. It, was, it wasn't like like. Oh, live it was live. No, 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 no. It was I just. See. It wasn't like going to Tijuana and seeing a donkey show. That's what I'm picturing. Like yeah. Okay. No, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. then No, 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 no.
1: It was just. It was movie. It was tasteful bestiality <laughs> Of course. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, of, of course. Risky's
1: a romantic, so I would expect nothing less. So, Did okay. you ever go to the
0: lusty lady, Steve
1: no i i don't really don't think i did that's a place in seattle for those of you out of the loop but i don't i don't recall going actually in it i remember being uh, it a few times because it, isn't it right by the show box or something it yes. used to be yeah uh, yeah
2: i've yeah. been there a few more than a few times i used to go there on on like uh the day before christmas they had a special uh christmas uh sort of you know holiday thing where you got like specials on dances and pictures oh. with the girls and all that sort of thing you all used right. to
0: go for the holiday that is so brewski dude I mean, every time i was at the lusty lady dude it was i mean uh it was nothing i planned okay i never said like <laughs> oh, i'll be back in about an hour i'm gonna go over to the lusty lady like one of
1: those nights I'm, you end up there
0: right i was walking by and you know went inside but that place gives me the Creeps, not that it kept me from going in there, but uh, you know, that you walk in, and it's uh, if you picture the size of an arcade, like a Miss Pac Man game, that's about like how big the booths are, right? Yes. Yep, and they have little three quarter doors so you could see people's feet in there, uh, you could just see for like from their knee down to their foot. So as you're going by, they also have a light that's supposed to show if someone's in there watching videos, but sometimes. If you run out of tokens, that light won't come on. So it's always a good idea to look down below and make sure there's no one in there, right? Uh, There is a janitor with a mop bucket with some harsh chemical. And the
1: worst job in the world, yes.
0: Right. The whole time you're there, I mean, he is just, like, wheeling the mop bucket around Uh, and, like, opening doors and mopping Uh, and going in, and it just stinks in there, and yeah I mean you can only imagine walking into that when the mop boy hasn't been there yet right ouch
1: yeah well, how do you feel about going to like sex shops and I don't mean lusty lady skanky why I mean like a I don't know what an ad lover's boutique or package sure. you know
0: yeah. I'm comfortable
2: yeah i I don't know a problem with it at all.
1: But do people come up to you and ask you for help? That's the part I don't like. I've got a shop here in town, and they're actually a sponsor of the station, so uh, I'll go in. (laughs) Seductions, check them out if you're in town. I like to restock supplies every new relationship. It seems dirty to carry things from one to the next. So sure, yeah, well. you know I'm in there every a you know, few years or whatever well, it is. But. If
2: you put it in the dishwasher, it'll it'll clean and sterilize it, so you're okay.
1: I know, I know, and I probably should just do that. Like, yeah, baby, it's new, it's fine, it's never been. Any- <laughs> you don't like the memories associated with it. I guess I don't know, but um, but I I every time I go in there, I'm just like I know what I'm looking for. I know where it is. You do not need to follow me around. Come ask me for help. Any of these questions, like just oh,
0: you want to be left alone?
1: Yes, but they always and they're always very nice and polite. But they always yeah. come. By, hey, you know. Uh, you got questions about butt uh, plugs? Uh, you know What do you, what, do you, what kind of handcuffs are you looking for exactly? Like, I'm, like, I'm good. I, I bought them before. I'm good. <laughs> you know?
2: Oh, I, I don't have a problem. Come and talk to me. I, I, I have no problem whatsoever.
0: Yeah. Uh, why? Does it make you horny for them to come and talk to you about it? No, it makes me uncomfortable.
1: No, I don't- I'm asking <laughs> Bruce. Oh, okay. Go ahead.
2: Oh, me? Not- no. I, I'll just have a conversation about it. I know what I'm looking for. and if And if I don't see what I'm looking for, uh, or if I'm just still kind of browsing around, I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm kind of thinking this, I'm kind of thinking that, you know, looking for some recommendations.
1: Yeah. How does this one feel when it's six <laughs> inches in? Like, yeah. I think that's
0: what, like, uh, I can just imagine, like, some creep getting off on, like, yes. talking. It's usually a younger girl that's working and asking you, and I can just see some older guy just, you know, getting off on, like, what would you suggest, you know? Right. Do you like it when I uh, your partner uses this like? Have you oh, tried this I, product?
2: Yeah. I, would, I would I would never ask anything like that. I would keep it strictly like as business and, and like like as, yeah. as a candy, you know. That's but, what
1: nice normal people do. That's what I do, but yeah, yeah. they probably get some real creeps in there. Every oh, week uh, so what are the new vibrators this week, Tanya? <laughs> Have you tried right. this product? Yeah. Like,
2: well, oof. if if I if I can um uh, if I can bring up something that friend of the show, Doug Stanhope once said, he sure. said that he once went into a sex shop and he saw that there was a big rubber fist that they were selling and, and he took his hand and he put it up to to the rubber fist and he, it was about the same size as his hand. And it made him feel pretty proud to measured it up to something in a sex shop.
0: <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. That's something a, a rubber fist. I mean, people are into all kinds of kinks, dude, and that's why I think that uh, now most of that has gone to the internet. Right? You could order anything on the internet now, yes. delivered
1: discreetly to your home, and thank that's God. No
0: fun? That's no fun. <laughs>
1: no. So
0: you do get off on that, dude, going in there, don't you?
2: Oh, I, I, I like just going there, and if I'm going there to buy something. I don't care. You know, this is what I want. If somebody wants to know when I'm walking out, hey, what'd you buy in there? I bought this, I bought that, and sure, no problem.
1: Yeah, I do try to embrace it in the fact that like, hey, I'm getting laid, all right? That's why I'm buying all this stuff, obviously. So there is some level of you know pride or not as much shame or whatever you want to call it but yeah it's always still awkward and the Mona, fun- you- the thing i hate about our shop in town it is right on the main road so every time you walk out of that place you never know yeah. you know who's driving by hey steve leaving the sex shop over there well,
2: that's that's a <laughs> Are you uh,
1: are you a toy guy? Yeah, sure, sure.
0: For uh uh just for sharing or personally. <sighs>
1: Personally, like, like, do you have using a, them on myself? Do you, do you, do you have a fleshlight? No, no, no. This is all for group activity stuff for her play right. by mine. Oh, okay. Mainly for hers, but I like playing. I like to be the the dungeon master kind of thing, you know? You do? Sure. I'm 50 yeah. Shades of harness, man. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll dissect and, uh, enjoy every part of you. Guys,
0: but what does that mean? Do you like locking people up and smacking them with, uh, those whips and chains
1: and, i prefer to used my it. hands. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm into whatever you're into. Not you personally, Nick. I mean, whatever a woman wants me <laughs> to do. So I, I've I've tied many a woman up before. We've got. Uh, I've got some. Yeah. Some feathers. Some of those uh, cattail whip things. I've got. Oh, yeah. Puffs. I've got every kind of insertable toy there is. I mean. Do you look like them used on you? No. No. I, I've actually never done it that way. Hmm. I'm always in control. I've never submitted to a woman.
2: Um, I have. I have. And are you into that brisky? It, it would depend on the woman. There was one woman in particular that I submitted two years ago and um, I allowed her to do things that I've never let anybody else do to me ever.
1: And you enjoyed uh-huh. it with her.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, well, one thing a bunch of stuff was was good. One thing I wasn't so into, but it was hot because she was doing it. So, you mm-hmm. know.
1: Mm. yeah yeah i do recall one time with an ex that i was like why don't you take over control and five minutes into it, i'm like you suck at this like <laughs> give me <laughs> give me those things back like come on show this
2: you. this person was a was a professional like oh, i didn't wow. i didn't know i didn't have to pay her because she was a friend of mine yeah no, but, no, no, no. but she, knew she knew what, what she, she was, was doing oh my yeah she was she did she definitely did yeah Oh, wow. wow.
1: can i, I tell know, you nick wow. real quick one of my favorite rachel stories sure Nick's wife, Rachel, and you bringing up toys is what made me think of this. And (laughs) don't go down any dark paths right now. Just let me tell my story. Sure. You guys, years ago, you came to our house in Tahoe. This would have been maybe like 10 years ago or something in that era. You know, the kids were little. And I... little kids my my son was probably 1 and my you know my my daughter was 4 or 5 years old like they were little kids yeah and in this house we had two bathrooms we had a bathroom in the master for uh, the wife and i and then we had one in the in the in the hallway that the kids used yes and you and rachel came and it was like your first day there and you guys gotten off the plane and all that and rachel asked if she could take a shower to get cleaned up and i was like yeah 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 i just i need to go get all the toys out of the shower though and rachel <laughs> looks at me and Jay, at me, and she's like oh wow Oh, you guys keep toys in the shower huh and I'm like I mean like rubber duckies and toy boats it's the kids shower it's those kind of toys and Rachel got all red in the face <laughs> that's really funny dude I don't uh, I don't remember that story that's funny dude that no, was classic this the oh yeah you got the toys in the shower huh like... <laughs> no uh, yeah in the other shower not yeah yeah no room. master bathroom has got those <laughs> right. but yeah no I meant rubber duckies and stuff so oh that's yeah, really funny dude
2: that's great
1: well this has been a fun exploratory conversation to start off the show this is what i say we don't write these podcasts out because clearly we couldn't write all that out and uh nor would i have but uh here we are yeah now we're in dude and we've learned a lot about each other yes we have and so is my mom uh my mom <laughs>
0: <listening to laughs>
1: fucking shows and i told her like please stop will you please stop listening
2: hello mrs See? harness
1: yeah she, hi mrs harness it's this mixed blessing you know uh where i i, I appreciate mom that you want to listen to what nick and i and Bruski are doing but good god stop listening but she <laughs> won't. yeah and so do you, is she just being supportive yes but she's listening yeah. to every freaking episode and she's watching on YouTube. So she gets the visual of it all. And she said something to me the other day of like, first of all, I don't know why you have to swear so much. And yeah. Like we don't fucking swear that much. She's like, you do it without even thinking clearly, <laughs> you know, but then she said something like, you know, well, I, I thought you were such a good kid all of these years and now I'm learning and I'm like, you know what? I resent that. I am a goddamn good kid doesn't mean I can't, you know, experiment with sex drugs rock and roll and live life to the fullest but i am a good kid a good person you know everything i've described is beyond consensual trust me
0: (laughs) yes yes i i prefer as it is well as like you brought up earlier with my dad like my dad checked the show out once and that was good enough for him Like, like he realized it was not his cup of tea Hey, Nick, I'm proud of you. Go do your thing. But yeah, not my cup of tea. And I would prefer it like that. Uh, I don't think my mother's listening to this program. And if she is, uh, she would be the same. She'd be disappointed in my potty mouth. You (laughs) You know what
2: I mean? Your mom seems so cool, though, Nick.
0: Uh, she is. She does. She. My mom's not a big fan of the f word, and ah. uh, you know, I. I think that she would be disappointed in that. And a couple of, you know, I don't. St- I don't talk like that in front of my
1: mother, just out well, of respect. You of know.
2: course, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I do. You do. I do. I swear on the phone with my mom a lot. I talk to my mom a lot. She's one of my buddies. And uh, I do swear a lot. So I don't know why she's surprised to hear me go on the interweb and also swear just as much. And I think we've been pretty restrained, quite frankly, with our uh, upsetting. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I talk to my mother a lot as well. And I mean, I do. We were just having that conversation not that long ago. It's weird when you transition out of like Mother son relationship into friends, you know, and I and I love this stage of our relationship that we're friends. There's not a whole bunch that I don't share with my mother. I mean, there's some things that I, I don't, but I mean, I, I share a lot of stuff with her. But yeah, I guess I mean, I swear in front of her, I don't use the F word in front of her. So, Steve, you should take it down a notch. All right. I guess I'm Sorry, keeping it real.
1: We're all adults now, but, um, And it's kind of like I told my children, like there are things that get discussed on this show that I certainly would not be discussing with you. And if I put the shoe on the other foot, if I think about listening to my kids do a podcast like this when I'm an older guy, I, I would be like your dad, Nick. Like I'd probably listen to a couple of minutes as the supportive parent, then be like, Yeah, I don't need to be hearing about your sex life and all that and I would just stop. So I, I'm having this conundrum with multiple women in my life that why are you listening if this is not something you want to be hearing and shouldn't <laughs> right. be hearing? Stop it. Stop yes. Go away. Yeah. I appreciate my mom being supportive, but um, yeah, I got a whole bunch of people listening to this podcast that just stop it. You you don't you're not enjoying this. I'm not enjoying you listening. I see right. you on the map. Go away. <laughs> just knock it off.
0: Hey, dude. What about the? Uh, speaking of which, uh, a lot of people listening to the program. What the fuck happened with that TikTok clip that you uploaded? That just was took off. Did you see that, Brisky? I did. It blew up. Yeah. I mean, it was blowing up so fast that I'm. I was te- I was texting with Steve, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude! A thousand people have listened to that already." Now it's 1,030. Now it's 1,080. I mean, it was growing th- that fast. It took and off. Where have we topped out? Somewhere uh, just above 4,000, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow, very so nice. listen, yeah, we've had a few social media successes of late. And uh, yeah, we just set a new record for our page on TikTok, where one of our first videos got like a 1,000 views, and that was cool. But then most of the videos since have gotten 5, 6, 7, 800 views, and they kind of hang out in that range, because we have a new page, and the show is new. Um, but then, yeah, the other night, I posted this Chick-fil-A story about, oh. you know, are you a fake liberal if you go and eat a Chick-fil-A? And the thing just fucking took off. Within a few hours, it went from a few hundred to several thousand, and now we're at you know it passed four thousand yesterday, and it's still going. And again, I get in the grand scheme of the internet, that's not that many, but for us having a brand new page and brand new content, yeah, yeah, that's that's a that's a TikTok record for us, going over four thousand views and uh, i'll read some of the comments because we've got you know social media stuff going on and boy some people love us and some people hate us and it's that classic well why it's the old howard stern thing you know the people that love you listen for an hour and the people that hate you listen for two hours because they all just want to see what you're going to say next and uh, some people love being offended and annoyed by us so uh didn't my my, oh yeah we got to talk about my
0: brother making the comment he made because uh well first of all Duba. It was a it was an odd comment, but
1: It wasn't I an think- odd comment. I, I will defend this. And by the way, let me just point out real quick, we have had two videos that blew up on their respective sites. One on Facebook is almost at 9,000 views now, and that's the story about me getting the vasectomy. Yeah. And then this TikTok uh, video about Chick-fil-A is, you know, over 4,000, and um, who knows where that's going to stop at. But there's a recurring theme in each of those clips. Do you guys know what it is? Mm. no uh, oh the humanity
2: <laughs> oh my
1: ex is at oh. the center of both of those stories they're oh. both stories about she and i and uh, they both reference her directly or indirectly <laughs> that's <laughs> and, interesting yes they have they both blown up do so i find that humorous but um I don't know if there's something to take away from that. If I should just keep telling more stories, <laughs> maybe it's all her friends that are all pissed off at me. They're the ones watching it 8,000 times. So
0: Yeah. Because we know she doesn't have that many friends, right? I mean, she doesn't have like a, a no, stadium no. of friends that are listening,
1: right? Clearly not. So, yeah. So let's get into some of these comments. So, you know, it's the vocal minority. This is where you, the individual, gets a chance to uh, be part of the show and chime in. And yeah, we've realized the comment section is really the new modern uh, vocal minority out there because people get to spout off and they feel protected and anonymous. So um, this Chick-fil-A video, uh, your brother was the first to comment. And I got to tell you, when he first commented, I kind of thought like, did I cross the line? Like, should I be taking that video down or something? and then it started blowing up so i was like yeah fuck it if i crossed the line who cares it's apparently working all right so uh let me explain what i said yes or what do you want to do
0: oh i was just gonna say what what's the clip so yeah explain what you said
1: so, we were talking about Chick-fil-A and apparently a lot of people have strong opinions about Chick-fil-A on the internet. Yeah. But we were saying the good liberals, you know, don't go eat there. And I told the story about how my ex, that we all knew we don't go eat at Chick-fil-A, but I caught her sneaking Chick-fil-A even though she's this <laughs> supposed proud liberal and all that. Right. But then at the end of the clip, or near the end of the clip, Brewski starts to say that basically like, well, you know, a lot of people say Chick-fil-A is really good. So, some people might get curious and, you know, you hear so many good reviews about something, maybe you want to go try it yourself so i made the point that i could tell you a bunch of men that are into sodomy and giving blowjobs and they'll rave about it and that doesn't mean that everyone is going to be in that same cup of tea doesn't mean that everyone should be going out and blowing a guy on friday night just because one group says it's a great thing does not necessarily mean it's for everyone or that you have to go try it sure that was my point i get it I first of all, I think that making comments like that actually mainstreams them to talk about guys blowing guys. Like it's not a kooky. I wasn't demonizing it. I wasn't making fun of it. I was just simply making an analogy that there's a bunch of gay men that will, you know, stand by blowing people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But doesn't mean it's for everyone. That was my entire point of that analogy. Does that make sense?
0: I yes, it does make sense. The I think the uh, read my brother's comment.
1: All right, so your brother commented that uh, on the Chick-fil-A video, he says, no one needs that food, but why did you go with the homophobe analogy at the end after saying, out of respect for every gay person on the planet, you won't eat a Chick-fil-A, but then you make a homophobic analogy, like comparing it to guys blowing guys?
0: Mm. so th- this is what i've thought because i've thought about it because i was a little irritated i be- obviously like i know you're not uh homophobic yeah. by any stretch of the imagination so Which is another
1: question am i it. capable of saying something homophobic sure i think we all are right I When mean, you're not yeah. homo- but y- something is only homophobic if you mean it to be that way i am yes. not homophobic <laughs> Exactly. I've been defending gay rights on the radio for 20 something years. My firstborn's gay, my aunt is gay. My, like I, I, I am not homophobic. I know so I would not. argue that I could not say something homophobic.
0: I disagree. I mean, I'm not racist. There's definitely uh, there's definitely things that I could say that I'm not aware of that uh, are racist that yeah, but not wh- racist, you wouldn't you know what i mean
1: like i'm saying i could say homophobic words all gay people should be hung in the town square like okay that would be a homophobic thing to say just the words are but i would obviously never say that so if i'm talking about gay people why is it homophobic i'm not homophobic so i again i would argue i'm actually mainstreaming the conversation but I don't
0: yes know. i get what you're saying i yeah. and i agree with you I i agree that you were not being homophobic i think where the uh i think where the confusion comes in on somebody who may not know you like my brother i mean he knows you but doesn't know you yeah, yeah. to start off by saying like uh what's the line you said before like i'm protecting uh, you know i've been protecting gay people's rights for a long time
1: yes way before that- it was popular we actually had a program director ask me once why do you keep defending gay marriage what do you care and i'm like i do care so i'm gonna keep doing and i don't care if it's irritating you were sponsors so
0: yes and I agree. So, and then I think the only interesting thing is that my bro from, I'm trying to come at it from my brother's point of view and I have not talked to him about it, which I will. But when you make the assertion that, Hey, there's all kinds of guys that love blowjobs. That mean you like blowjobs, brewski. And then we, uh, then brewski laughs about it, uh, that it could be taken as like a, uh, like a demeaning thing. You know what I'm saying,
2: yeah. But that—that's but that, a problem on that person, not on 100 Steve. Exactly. exactly. I
0: agree, 100. percent I'm just like I said. I'm trying to see where his mind
1: is entering the conversation, and I agree. Uh, like he thinks talking about guys blowing guys is just a homophobic whatever thing, and I'm like, yes. no, that's. I don't think it's gross or anything. Like, it's right. Fine. That's yes. why I'm using it freely as an analogy.
0: And I think that's right, Steve. I think that's exactly right of, you know, these are the conversations that we should be mainstreaming when uh, a marginalized community on some level wants to be represented in art, in media, in conversations, in politics, uh, and feels like they have not been for a long amount of time. And I think it's important that we do start Bringing them into the mainstream of conversation without, like, ooh, why are you talking about that? That's wrong. No, it's not wrong, unless you're thinking it's wrong. Right. Or if you have something in the back of your mind, these are the bias. uh, These are the biases that we think of when it comes to race, right? Like. you know, a lot of people will be in myself included, have these thoughts that are implanted in my mind that I've been raised with a certain way to think that we're all trying to change right now. Right. I'm not a racist person, but I can definitely make a move that is not sensitive to race at some point in time, not knowing that I'm doing
1: it. Yeah. But I would argue that's not racist then, because your intentions are what makes something racist or homophobic. Or
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, I, it
1: might be insensitive, but it's not racist, you know, you're not racist. So how could it be?
0: Uh, well, I, you know what that, I mean, I, I agree in the sense that I do feel that way. However, I don't think that the people that would take that conversation as racist feel that way.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, it's like when you get in a, a conversation or an argument with your girlfriend or your wife and you say like, Uh, gosh, I didn't mean to, my intention was to do something nice for you and, but it doesn't matter. This is what you did. Right. I know there was good intention behind it. And that's why I think that, you know, it's so wonderful when we can have conversations with people that understand intent and understand, Oh, you know what? I know you come with a good heart, So I'm not going to look at that and just snap on it. I'm going to educate you and say, you know, that can come off as a little racist. uh, You know, it's just open for conversation that way. And we're all learning right now. Uh, So, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. But I think you can be racist without knowing it. What makes uh, you can say something racist without knowing it? It doesn't make you a racist if you're willing to work and say, Oh, I would never say that again i didn't know that's how it affected
1: you Mm, yeah that's fair and listen i probably have to be more mindful of the fact that not everyone in this audience knows me that well so i guess somebody could hear me make that comment and think boy you're you know coming from a homophobic place so you know i guess i should be more mindful of that end of it but that's also part of what the show is is getting to know all of us and whatnot so if you think i'm homophobic then keep listening and you're gonna eventually realize that that's the furthest thing from the truth and yeah, i'm not trying to hurt feelings but we're also doing the kind of show where i'm not going to tiptoe around everyone's feelings okay exactly i made an emphatic statement that was an analogy i can still stand by and sure. uh, you know if it pissed you off then you know i'm sorry uh you know certainly if my if my gay child heard it and they were offended by it i would have a conversation to explain all of this but i don't think they would be they may say like gee dad like you know some homophobic idiots might glom on to what you just said there but um you know so maybe it'll be more mindful or sensitive or whatever it might be, but yeah, I, I don't think my kid's gonna all of a sudden think I'm homophobic from those comments. So,
0: no, and I don't think so either. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you said. Like I said, I think it is It's important to bring conversation that you hear, and maybe it sounds shocking to you because people don't usually talk about it, but it should be in the mainstream. You know, yeah. we should be able to talk about uh everyone who they love and you know all that kind of stuff so yeah, yeah. i don't think he did anything wrong dude I, it's the I old seinfeld
1: think. thing where they're like i don't think we're supposed to be talking about this when they're talking about race or you know people and but i, I kind of push back on that i think we should be talking about it now and more, more than he, ever yes the more you mainstream this stuff the more destigmatized it gets it's the will and grace effect you know, that was the first sitcom about gay people. And the biggest thing that did for society was to start to normalize gay people being gay, having talks about being gay, making jokes about being gay. Like, yes. that's a good thing. You mainstream it, you normalize things. So, yes, no, I would
0: agree. That's one of the great things about this program, dude. It gives you a chance to get vocal. We can have these conversations. And you obviously don't need to agree with everything we say or anything that we say. Right. But we could have the conversation of you know, you may be wrong I might be wrong We'll have the conversation
1: Get yeah. a vocal, please I could have made the analogy that some people love sushi And others don't I decided to go with gay sex And I just thought that was the correct analogy to go with at the time So We are vocal minority. I'm sticking with it Alright, so let's do some more comments uh, From the vocal minority on this Chick-fil-A video And I'll tell you this next comment uh, This one's a tough one for me so, this person commented, How many of you eat at Wendy's? They do the same thing as Chick fil A. Wendy's is one of my favorite fast food places. So, uh, this has been brought up to me before by my child. Um, oh, it has. I, uh, I, I'm unfamiliar with this. But that is my point right there that Chick fil A has been very outgoing about this. They have funded a lot of public things, they've been verbose, and they've publicly stated that this is our beliefs and we're doing it. They're vocal. It is my understanding that the, some CEO or whatever of Wendy's has made, and I've done some research on this, like he has donated privately to some groups that are homophobic or right-wing groups or whatnot, but I don't see him being super verbal about it and getting out there in public. Like some people have discovered this, but his comments have been like, yeah, that's my private business. And yeah, I, I run Wendy's, but the two shouldn't be connected. Whereas Chick-fil-A has kind of gone out of the way to connect the dots and I've been addicted to Wendy's since I was a little child, and I can't stop, so there's that too. But uh, Chick-fil-A, like I said last show, like it's new to my area, and I was well aware of their bullshit, so no, I'm just not going anywhere near it. But the Wendy's thing, you can do this, you know, there's some Disney Marvel exec that was tied to some group. I'm not going to stop watching Marvel movies. Now, if they start just being overly outspoken about it or slipping anti-gay propaganda into Marvel movies, then I'm going to have to draw a line, but I don't feel the Wendy's has gone as far as Chick-fil-A. Listen, here's the difference in my
0: mind is that Chick fil A has been outspoken about this. You know that if you walk into a Chick fil A, what they stand for, they're very much like Hobby Lobby. Uh, You know what they stand for if you're going to walk in their doors. I'm not a fool. Uh, when I walk into a place that I like to eat, if I walk into McDonald's, I know that there's somebody working behind the counter who is either racist or homophobic or has beliefs that I do not agree with. You can't do it that way. If it's a company saying, this is what we stand for, this is what we believe in, come and have a meal with us, then I'm going to say, fuck you, if I don't. Uh, Something like Wendy's, that ceo on his private time i mean i don't know what you're doing i but as a company well i will keep going there if that's you know you're not supporting
1: it's just a private guy i cannot we we wouldn't be able to eat anywhere exactly and you know wendy's is open on sundays chick-fil-a is not for religious reasons like exactly part of their whole company structure so if you're going to be that overt about it i'm allowed to say yeah fuck you i don't want to eat there
0: and Wendy's does a lot of great things for uh, adoption for children being adopted. That's- well, I was not oh, aware of
1: that. So there you yeah. go.
2: Well, and, and you know, going back to 2012, Wendy's actually um, does actually stand with the gay community and has. There's like a whole bunch of articles. If you just Google Wendy's anti-gay, you'll you'll know you'll see. There's a ton of articles yeah. in response to this. Whoever the CEO person was, or, or is, I should say, uh, they have actually reached out. And actually, the guy that owns the most Wendy's franchises across the country, he owns like 86 of them. He actually has, since 2012, even before, just about that, put up signs saying, we respect every every patron. We support everybody to come in and and a welcoming environment.
1: Yeah there you go i have yet to hear that from any faction of the chick-fil-a company so that's why
0: correct
1: uh and
0: you know what there is a home depot guy i you know, well you know home depot as a company donated a lot of money to the trump campaign Yeah. uh and i stopped shopping there i started shopping at lowe's and you know I, there was a comment made on this whole thread of like you know Like, I don't care what their beliefs are. I just fucking eat there. You know, I just go there. Well, that's where we differ, dude. I'm not going to support a company and give them my money if I think that they're hurting communities. I yeah. won't do it so and by the way do what
1: you want i was gonna say do what you want this is america i, I can protest in my ways and you can do yours and if you want exactly. to eat there that's fine but then don't tell me i can't if you're consciously you're consciously saying i'm going to eat there despite their views then you can't admonish me for not eating there because of their views right exactly yeah. well
2: you that's know as point. as a as a screaming liberal myself and A New England Patriots fan, it made things even more fun to see Arthur Blank, the CEO of Home Depot, on the field thinking that his team was about to win the Super Bowl. And my New England Patriots came back from 25 points down and just ran that touchdown in right in front of him and just see the... The heartbreak on his face. Yes. Oh my God, it was awesome.
1: I had to feel freaking fantastic, dude.
2: Orgasmic. Oh, yes, he
1: got put in his place by a bunch of uh, sweaty, muscular men. There must be yeah. some irony there. <laughs> yeah. uh, next comment: Chick Fil A uh, is is overrated, but it I, I So yeah. analyze right. that for what it's worth. Uh, I would agree with that, dude. BT dubs. I've had Chick-fil-A <laughs> before, before I knew about all this stuff. Yeah. It's just I uh, uh, It's I. A- it's aight. A- right. Well, Bruski, you said it was overrated, too. So Yes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. To be fair, I don't like Chick-fil-A because I've never had a good experience with them, so I don't eat there. I'd rather eat at Wendy's. Okay. Good for you, me too. <laughs> they're basing it on customer service. That's fine.
2: They have really good chicken nuggets, Wendy's. They really do. They really Agreed. do. And
1: yeah. their french fries, those new ones they've done now with the sea salt on them. Oof. I like those two, Stephen. And I also, by the way, like their hamburgers the best out of the
0: major fast food restaurants.
1: Yes. Their hamburgers are awesome. Yes. And again, you know, this crazy person I've been with, um, they're Californians and everyone in California loves In and Out Burger. It's a big California thing, right? Sure. Yeah. And she made me sit in line one night for like an hour to get a fucking In-N-Out burger. And I'm eating this thing. And I'm like, listen, it's not terrible, but Wendy's is 10 times better than this. This is not some orgasmic hamburger. I don't know why it has that reputation
0: yeah I, mean, I, I agree uh a lot of people feel that way about a seattle company dicks ooh, uh, i love I love, it. Yeah. I love dicks restaurant dude and i would stand in line for that burger any day of the week
1: dicks oh, is yeah. great and that is one of those like you eat it you're like oh now i see why everyone's standing in line for a big old bag of dicks because it feels ooh. good in my mouth and uh yep. yes. yeah yeah Oh, don't quote oh. me out of context there, anybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that, was that uh, homophobic, Steve? Uh, was that? I don't Steve think so. I was, I was raving about dicks in my mouth it being it. a good thing. So yeah, no, I agree. Again, you mainstreaming.
2: Get, you get that that special sauce, some dicks, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: It feels good sliding down my throat. I'll no, take it those sure dicks does. all yeah. night long.
2: <laughs> Salty goodness.
1: Uh, next comment: the party. The party of accepting everyone and loving everyone. You guys sure do hate a lot of people. <laughs> That's funny. So he's saying the liberals, Democrats, are supposed to be the party of accepting everyone, and here we are ripping on Chick-fil-A. But we're not blind just because we have uh, blue you know, lenses on.
0: And BT dubs, we're talking, uh, you're talking about uh, restaurants, dude. I'm talking about accepting people. Right. And uh, yeah, I do have, a, I'll, I'll be honest with you, dude. I have a really hard time accepting hateful people.
2: Yep.
1: And I was I don't, say the, the hate didn't start with us. They hated on a group and we said, fuck you, because of it. We didn't start this little battle. And I would argue the most conservative start the battle by hating on the group first.
2: Right. And they, never, they don't like it when you fight back. No, bullies, exactly but bullies never like it when you punch back they don't like it yeah, yeah no, that's a I, good
0: point Bruski. is that you know what i have an issue with people who punch down uh, you know on any community if you're gonna punch down those are the people that i will stand up for
1: yes mm-hmm. chick-fil-a yeah. will be fine without my five bucks uh, yes. exactly uh, yeah and um yeah we didn't start it so um and and there's a difference i i I hate conservatives that are all about america and our rights and all that but then as soon as i use my first amendment right you're all hey shut the fuck up you you know you snowflake you know love Love it or leave it right So, is it America or is it not? Uh, I just said that I had blue colored lenses on, which I've never used that term in my life. That just sort of came to me. Uh, This next comment, I've never heard this one either. The blue flu is real. (laughs) That's the real pandemic. How sad, you people. The blue flu.
2: (laughs) I kind of like that.
1: I got a terminal case of the blue flu.
0: (laughs) It's the only flu I will not be vaccinated for
1: yes and again like any of the okay so i would love to read the 10 comments that idiot made on his last post because i'm sure he's nothing but hating on people and discriminatory but as soon as i oh, yeah. discriminate against a mega you know, rent restaurant franchise now i've i've got the blue flu but i've never heard that term before so i kind of like it
2: i like that's it funny
1: uh let's see next comment chick-fil-a is great i support them 100 percent, that's fine uh they don't need your one percent fucking hilarious I don't know. Is that, is that an anti-liberal? Are we one percenters?
2: No, I, th- I think they mean the, the amount of money that you might spend, Yeah, uh, you know, with them
1: and that, yeah. Like I just said, they don't need my five bucks. So I'm sure yeah, be-
0: they don't need it. And yeah, I mean, it's fucking hilarious.
1: Hey, listen, I
0: guarantee you that there's a lot more than 1% of people who aren't eating at Chick-fil-A because they bash gay people constantly.
1: Yes, and by the way, you know, I know number crunchers. Chick-fil-A does want my one percent.
0: Yeah, they want want every percentage point. Yes,
1: they want every percentage point they can get. But this, again, when you run a business and you get outspoken, this is what happens. I think I've told you guys before, like when I, I used to do this lefty liberal morning show on our local radio stations, and then I got promoted to general manager, and I had to stop because I couldn't let my politics fuck the company over. Right. I didn't want to associate my politics and have some client cancel on us because I have employees sure. to pay and electric bills to pay. Yeah. So I, as a business owner, said I'm going to step away from politics because I don't want it to divide the customer base. Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. has leaned into it. So that's your own damn fault that people like us don't want to eat there. 100%. They made the decision to do that. Yeah, exactly. And they could take it back anytime, but they're not. Uh, somebody asked how tall we are. Is that some sort of they think we're little man complex or something? How tall are you guys? Or it Maybe t- it's just because
0: we look so sexy on the screen. They're curious. Uh I'm 5'10 and a half. Ruski, what are you working with?
2: Uh six, seven and 5 eighths. Wow. <laughs> no, not your
0: penis, dude. How oh, tall are you?
2: Oh, I, I, about six feet tall. How
1: are you? Nice. I'm six yeah. two. So we're all tall. It's not a little man syndrome. It's the it's the blue flu again.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, y'all crazy. Chick-fil-A is amazing in both food and service. Well, good. I'm glad to see the president of Chick-fil-A is listening to us.
0: Yeah, and isn't that hysterical? And service. Like, I, you don't think that it wavers from location to location? Like, why are you standing so hard on the hill for Chick-fil-A? And their service is excellent.
1: Right. Of course. Uh, here's someone that says, um, and that's how they spelled it out. Um, freedom as a business owner.
0: Hmm yeah freedom as a customer Mm. yeah
1: exactly and like i just said you do have that freedom as a business owner and you have the freedom to pay the consequences if you're going to be outspoken on a stand so you got to weigh that
0: not trying to get you guys shut down i'm just not supporting you
1: yes exactly uh i mean we've got several people here love your comments totally agree like i i just find the haters to be more fun to uh, read so yeah uh, another person raving about their service i don't know do they smack people with a bible if they're not good customer service
0: that's hysterical dude i mean I uh yeah I, I don't remember the service when i did go there i don't remember the service to be good or bad
1: yeah uh here's somebody it's entertaining when blithering idiots offer their biased political commentary as if it's a fact <laughs> First of all, I don't offer any of my commentary as a fact, but that's what commentary is. It's my opinion, just like you're putting your opinion with your comment here. So should I say the same thing back to you? This yeah. blithering idiot with his opinion? And I'm not doubting that I'm a
0: blithering idiot. At times, at times, I'm a blithering idiot, dude. I, I don't
1: know who you are, but. All right. Uh, here's a good one. This guy is clearly conservative. He says, the line outside tells you all you need to know. Have you ever looked at the line outside of a COVID vaccine clinic? They got a pretty long line, too. They're conservative, so maybe you should go get yours.
0: Yeah, all the line outside tells me is their service is not that great <laughs> right. and not that fast. So,
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, I also, I also see a nice big line outside a lot of weed dispensaries, too. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So uh, here's another one. You guys nailed it. Uh, uh, here's one. And people keep asking what woke is. I am sick of the term woke becoming somehow demonized. Like, I'm looking out for oppressed people. Uh, I, I I think people should be treated fairly, and that's somehow a bad thing. I'm all woke. You're so woke, Horace.
2: You, yeah. You're edumacated. They don't like that.
1: No, they don't. And uh, I'll just read one last file the one because i found this one funny uh, i love chick-fil-a because their food and service is great i also support them for taking a stand for christ and for closing on sunday you can continue supporting the satanic movement and i'll continue supporting christianity wow <laughs> wow are we supporting satan by not eating a chick-fil-a i didn't realize oh that. there's that the
0: loving threshold.
2: christianity though right, <laughs> right. I mean, go on, exactly guys. you know i would suggest to that person come down off the cross. We need the wood.
0: We do. Well, lumber's at a premium, but my gosh, are you kidding me that I'll continue supporting Christ? Like, shut up. (laughs) Have you ever heard about doing it quietly? I mean, every time I, you know, I will say this as a Catholic, one of my favorite masses is uh, done on Ash Wednesday and the whole mass is about praying silently praying quietly, doing good things and not telling people about them. just being a fucking good person and not looking for people to pat you on the back for it. Right. So uh, you, you wanting to be so loud as this Christian, the Christian right is so fucked up right now that they are ruining our country to be honest with you, these in evangelicals are so fucking crazy. And the people that they've got on their train right now are like, yeah, the Bible. And then I guarantee you, that I see you doing things outside of this small moment in time where you're preaching that you're a fucking shit bag, whether it's, you know, talking poorly about gay people or trans people. I mean, how many people from this evangelical community right now is literally murdering trans, the people in the trans community. It's unbelievable how hypocritical you guys are and how you use this token as here's my token i'm a good person you're a fucking shit bag.
1: Mm. preach on brother nick uh hypocrisy is the uh, the foundation of religion and people that like to pick and choose you know what does god say about worshiping the almighty dollar or false idols and uh you know treating immigrants poorly and treating the you know, poor people poorly i mean
2: love thy neighbor
1: yes exactly so no, i I know so many religious people that just like to handpick what they want to you know choose out of there and they hate it when you point out that you know if you you know you work on sunday or whatever you're supposed to go stone your neighbor to death
0: (laughs) it's like Uh, it's so frustrating dude that you just do not understand that the whole idea behind religion as it started was to not say like I'm doing this. Look at me. I'm a good person. Like That's not how it's supposed to work. And yeah. it, people think because, oh, I go to church every Sunday that you can't be a shit bag. Uh, people that are working at churches molest children and, and do all kinds of terrible shit. Just live your life in a fucking good way and stop showing a Bible I mean yes. that was so perfect when Donald Trump got that photo op made his way through all those people to hold a Bible up to show everyone like we're good we're we're the good people we're the good people
1: and he held it upside down just as held a, it upside down fuck added it, a dose man. of irony
2: yeah. <laughs> you, you Is know, it you, go ahead you know by the, I was like, you know by the way so he lived uh, it still kind of does at Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue New York City okay he grew he grew up he says presbyterian. He lives about a 5 maybe 8 minute walk from the largest presbyterian church in New York City. Hmm. He also lives even closer, 3 minute walk to St. Patrick's Cathedral, the largest catholic church in all of New York City. Yeah. And I can yes. guarantee and I can guarantee you he's never stepped foot in either one of them. <laughs> right. And 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 the folks over say over at St. Patrick's would would welcome you to come in light a candle and say a prayer. You don't have to be Catholic or anything like that, but he's (laughs) never been in either one of those churches and he lives right of
1: course. They... Are you saying he's being a hypocrite or doing it just for show? I can't imagine a religious person doing that. Yeah, yes. There was a great interview back when he ran the first time where some interviewer asked him, what's your favorite book? He's like, the Bible. And they're like, oh, what's your favorite verse? Well, I, uh, you know, there's just, it's. Uh, uh, I keep so that made. private. I
0: like to keep <laughs> that
1: private. <laughs> he, he couldn't name a verse with a gun to his head, please.
0: And the interviewer, that was a funny interview, dude, because the guy kept pressing him like, do you, you know, like, who's your favorite person in the Bible? And he was like, yeah, it's just I keep that private. Santa Claus. I like the, 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 yeah, the reindeer. only <laughs> thing in your life you choose to keep private is that. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, he talks endlessly about everything he knows nothing about. But that was the one thing where he's like, yeah, don't uh, I don't have an answer. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think it's just religious people are so used to being judged by by their God or whatever. So I guess they just have to judge everyone else. They they can't just be complacent and happy being themselves.
0: Uh, Have you ever watched a TV program on uh, national uh, Nat Geo? And it's called uh, I think it's called uh, To Catch a Smuggler. Yes. Mm. No. Okay, so it is just all about the people, whether they're on the border or they're at the airlines and they're trying to catch drugs coming into the country. Hmm. I was watching last week, and there was uh, they were at the uh, they were at the border. I think in Texas at the border, people coming in, and uh, this guy rolls up, and he's got all this religious stuff on his car, religious stickers, and he's got a a patron saint in the big sticker on the back of his window, and the uh, the border patrol agent is you know talking to the camera, and he was like. Anytime we get all this religious garb on a car, nine town nine times out of ten, it's filled with drugs. Yep. And sure as shit, dude, they go over and it was just loaded with cocaine. And I'm like, Yeah, no, yeah, that's how people use it for because sure. they're
1: massive hypocrites or because they're trying to do a smoke screen. Like, I'm so God fearing, I couldn't possibly be here breaking the law.
0: Probably yeah.
2: a
1: little of both, right? I mean, yeah. to be honest.
2: Yeah, well,
0: funny.
1: I'll check that out. Yeah. Bruce. I, I,
2: I knew some folks in Seattle who, um, their Coke dealer was actually a senior citizen. He was like 77 years old and drove a big old Buick. And he was a big Coke dealer in Seattle and like, he's walking by cops, driving by cops all day long. This man yeah. I lived on, on the hill. And you would never suspect that this guy walking by you, some senior citizen out for his morning walk, and yeah. he's out because he's she's dropping off bags of coke all around. It's yeah.
0: insane what these people try and do on this program, dude. They'll, uh, you know, put it in their baby's diaper. I mean, the most inconspicuous <laughs> place that, you know, like, oh, they would never think like this old lady in a wheelchair has a bunch <laughs> of coke under her ass, you know, like, yeah. they really go through it. But the uh, babies are the the funniest to me and uh, that sh- i suppose it shouldn't be funny but they like pack their diapers with
1: heroin and think <laughs> oh they won't check this how many babies do you have to smuggle through the border to get enough heroin to make that math work out i mean yeah I'm not sure, dude. <laughs> seems ineffective to me but it I'm- does uh, a couple other social media notes. I just want to point a couple of things out here. So we were talking about we, uh, we broke a TikTok record. Facebook video is uh, going to hit 9,000 soon, one of those. But the Facebook analytics for our last 30 days, we have hit 18,000 people through Facebook with a total of 9,000 engagements. So that What does is, that mean?
2: That's a good well, conversion rate.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, 18,000 exposed, that means they saw it on their feed and spent some amount of time. Like, you know, they paused and maybe they didn't really engage with it. Okay. So that means, though, that about 50% of the people that saw the video then engaged with it. They either watched it or commented or clicked on it or something. So Well, that's cool. So that's a pretty good engagement rate. Um, I would say so. And, yeah, the YouTube page, I got to pull the most recent analytics, but we were over 14,000 or something exposure for the last thir- uh, 30 days, too, so... You know, like we're saying, people, if you see the stuff on social media, do us all a favor and uh, help share it and uh, spread the good word so we can keep making more of it. Yeah. And by the way, I don't know what's going on Instagram. I cannot get any fucking traction on that page. I'm going to call it InstaBrewski because Brewski is the only one that (laughs) comments, likes, does anything on there. I feel like I'm just posting on Instagram so Brewski can see what we're posting. Basically, I can't. You use Instagram, don't you, Brewski?
2: I do. Yes. About a little bit. I mean, uh, Sometimes when you're up at night, because if you notice, most of my engagement is at like three or four in the morning, Yeah, yeah. which is usually when I get home from work and you're you're laying in bed, you're not ready to go to sleep yet, and you're just kind of scrolling through and a little bit. Maybe
0: Brewski should take over the Instagram page. I
1: mean, are we missing something? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out, because, yeah, there's just no traction going on there. So I don't know. And there's something weird going on on Twitter, too. I'm having trouble... I'm having trouble getting a lot of traction on Twitter, but the very few people that are following us, like 75 people right now, they are engaged and they are sharing stuff and and whatnot. And like we have a couple of videos where we have a few hundred views on them. There's only 75 people following us, but somehow 300 people have watched a video, which means those people are either... Uh, sharing it or showing other people or because they watched it, it shows someone on someone else's feed or, or some right. of the tags are showing up on other feeds that aren't being followed. But
2: yes, yeah, so- I I created a, a a Twitter account called brewski VM. Nice. And so I'm on, I'm, I'm on Twitter and I'm trying to promote the show as much as I can. And
1: yeah, uh, well, you, you should, oh, you yeah, should yeah, uh, sure.
0: retweet those videos. Brewski. Can you retweet stuff sure for you the can. VM? Yeah. You
1: got it. Yeah. yeah. I've been thinking, I don't know if this is a good idea or a terrible idea, but uh, we have pissed some people off out there with comments I've made. Ugh. I'm thinking about just pulling all of those clips very specifically and just posting them on all of our social media and being like, hey, this person I know really doesn't want you to comment or share about this video, so don't share it by any means. <laughs> you know, you're going to piss off my ex-girlfriend or my mother or my neighbor. or you know, like, Do I lean into it? That's my question you think people will get on the train to be vindictive i see it with trump all the time where they have that picture of him with his hair blowing everywhere and it's like donald trump does not want you to share this photo and so everyone shares it of course right right kind of wondering if i should just lean into some of these people out there that are pissed off at us like you know just try try it with one clip okay Challenge accepted. <laughs> Let's see. <Yeah>! <laughs> it's it, it, I, I've been t- saying this to people off air. Like some of these people in my life that are putting a spotlight on things we're doing on the show. Yeah. You're really just poking the bear. Because if I didn't understand that it bothered you, I would never talk about it again, and I'd move on. But as soon as you tell me, hey, don't talk about that one thing, oh, I just yeah. want to talk about it over and over.
2: <laughs> All you want to do?
0: And Steve's really that way more than the average person. If you tell Steve he can't do something, he really wants to do it.
1: Yeah.
2: It makes it more fun. Of right.
0: course. Yeah.
1: It's that old Stern thing where they said, don't say pussy or cock on the radio. So he goes on and he finds a way to say pussy willow and doo And, you know, like, <laughs> don't tell me not to say something. You just make yeah. me want to say it. I will find a way yeah and i don't know if some of these morons out there watching understand i'm only talking about it because i know you're watching listening so <laughs> if you stop doing that i would stop doing it it's it's the irony circle going around and around <laughs> so yeah i may have to pull some of those clips and uh yeah, speaking of, oh yeah go ahead oh go ahead i would say instagram brewski sent me a uh, a live performance of slaughter did you film that or did you just find that somewhere because it's in vegas where i know you hang out a lot
2: yeah, no, uh, the, it was posted because the, that was a performance on Fremont Street, and I follow a lot of the casinos downtown, and I also I follow the Fremont Street uh, Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts, nice. and uh, they they're the ones that, that that posted it, and I shared it with you.
1: Poor slaughter, because the Fremont Street the time I was there, it was mainly like local cover bands and whatnot that were playing on Fremont. This is where slaughter's at now. They're setting well, up, they're, uh, you know, no, uh, but on the
2: no, there are a lot of bands actually because they get paid by the, the casinos there to actually play. So okay. it's 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 not. A, I mean, you're it's a free show. They weren't begging call. for change. No, 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 no. Okay. Because <laughs> all those all those casinos down there, especially the the D, which is on one end of Fremont Street, and then the other stage is up by Circa, um, and right next to Binions. All those casinos—they're the ones that, that throw all that money in to bring those acts in.
1: Because uh, Slaughter's bringing the crowds to Vegas, huh?
2: Did you Did you see how many people were out there?
1: Yeah, a lot of but uh, like I said, though, when I was there, there were people gathered around the homeless guy playing guitar too. Like, yeah,
2: people yeah. always
1: gather around music
0: <laughs> yeah, <right>. or, or <laughs> entertainment. Uh, I, slaughter's slaughter, not oil. I'm well. not
1: for Slaughter.
0: Uh, are you a big fan, Brewski?
2: Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big Slaughter fan. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, Slaughter holds wh- a special place in my heart, Nick. You know this, right? No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, yes, I guess I do. You, didn't you play with the drummer or the bassist? The of bassist.
2: The
1: no, the whole band. Come on. Um, you did? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so every rock band that never went anywhere always has the story about the one time I opened for Nirvana or whatever it was. Yeah. We got a chance to one time, we opened up for Slaughter and for, uh, I always say it was Motley Crue, but it was Vince Neil solo in the 90s when he went solo. Yeah. So we got to play at a, a sold-out club in Toledo, Ohio, and we opened up for Slaughter and for Vince Neil solo. So I always, yeah, I always uh, hold uh, those bands in high regard, but I have to say... Speaking of the bass player from Slaughter, he's a, he's he's an asshole.
2: Oh, Dana. Oh, that's
1: right. That's why I uh, that's why I focused in on the bass player. He yeah. was a dick, Dana Strum, and I don't know if yeah. Strum is a made up name for a bass player. Of course actually, it is.
2: Actually, his for his actual last name, I believe, is Strumwasser.
1: Uh, I see and bass players don't actually Strum guitars do that but whatever Um, Yeah that night He was uh, I mean he was a power trip egomaniac at that place And they actually tried to get us thrown out of there Because they didn't We were working with a booking agency that was trying to impress us as a young up-and-coming band, and they were booking Slaughter and Vince Neal. So they just basically had to show up to this gig, and they were like, hey, this band's opening for you, and and Slaughter freaked out about it. And uh, Dana Strum, in particular, was a real dick. They gave us two channels on the audio mixing board. That's all. So they were like, you guys. think you would fail, and they would be great. Yeah, so we had our singer on one of the channels and the bass drum was on the other. And the rest of us just cranked up our guitar amps and the bass amp, and the drummer played loud, anyways. And we filled this whole, you know, uh, eh, it's probably a 1500 seater kind of a little venue. And yeah, we fucking rocked it, and the crowd was loving it. And I'm sure the other bands on the way down in their careers were not, uh, you know, a big fan of that. But Dana Strum, I remember we were doing sound check. Uh, his band was doing sound check, and he was just going off on his bass tech. Every whoever's in the band, there's always somebody that works directly for you—a drum tech, a bass tech—and they sure. do, yeah. they do your sound check and whatnot. And Dana Strum was just sitting there berating his bass tech of like, uh. "I want quarter notes at hundred eight beats per. Mi- Does that sound like hundred eight beats a minute to you, fucking aim?" Like, I mean, he was just going off on the guy, uh. total dickhead. Uh. And the funny thing is, years later. This was maybe just a few years ago when we opened for them. This must have been like 96 or something. So somewhere around 2016, Slaughter came to my town now of Lake Tahoe, and they played at the Hard Rock and the Hard Rock called us and said, do you want to interview Dana Strum from Slaughter? I was like, hell hell yeah, I do. Oh, wow. So I got him on and I did this friendly interview of just, hey, I'm the DJ and you guys are playing in town and all this stuff. And we're talking and he's kissing my ass because they need the promotion and they'd love to be interviewed in this day and age. Are you kidding me? So we get near the end of the interview and I'm like, hey, hey, funny story, Dana, my band opened up for your band years ago in a little club in Ohio. And that's what I heard, just silence. And I'm like, you know, uh, I remember, man, like you uh you were pretty funny that night. You were uh you were giving your base tech a real hard time. And he got so uncomfortable. He started <laughs> on his words, fumbling. He knew exactly because I'm sure he's a dick to his base tech in every town, right? Sure. So he knew exactly what I was referencing, and he got very uncomfortable. And I found it so funny. And I, I just wrapped up the interview and let it go. But
0: yeah. it would have been uh, so much more endearing if he would have said, you know what, back in the early days, I was a dick, you know. It yeah. would have been so much more endearing and a good interview on his part but you made him look like an idiot and that's fantastic
1: what a dick yeah that's really true
0: we know Um, people like that in radio dude that we worked with before that just have this yeah legend in their own mind type status of talking down to engineers and other talent and i just think
1: well, there was a moment in time there where Slaughter was a major act. I mean, you know, yes. platinum records and all that stuff. But, boys, <laughs> that era has long since sailed. So, Oh, for yeah.
0: sure. But you know what, dude, that's funny to me is that if they were, like, they obviously made it big, but if they were true musicians, or especially, I should just talk about Strom himself, like, They would be all for like this up and coming young band of wanting to support them and give them a shot and everything else. And the fact that they weren't is you guys are fucking assholes.
1: Yeah, no, it speaks to their ego. And yeah, you would think that they they were a young up and coming band at one point. It would have died for an opportunity, but no, so it's it's funny so yeah so thank you for sharing that video and mark slaughter by the way what is he 500 pounds now and his acapella or his uh, falsetto voice it doesn't yeah. seem to be what it was doesn't exist anymore
2: uh, <laughs> right. I, I, those those notes are kind of hard to hit i'll tell you
1: well when you're up all day and you sleep all night or no oh, all yeah. night sleep all day I'm your all voice night, tends all day. To, <laughs> it tends to go away when Bruce you're did we
0: already talk about
1: your show we haven't talked about your
0: shows yet have we
1: and we have not. No, yeah. yeah. So Bruski saw some concerts last week. Uh, who'd you see?
2: Sunday, I saw Priest and with Queensryche. Oh, nice. Oh, wow! A local yeah.
0: Seattle band.
2: Oh, but but uh, no, there's no Chris Degarmo or and oh. no Jeff Tate in, in Queensryche anymore. Oh, uh, but the new singer for uh he can hit the notes. He can hit mm. the big ones.
1: Yeah, the yeah. the fake Queensrÿ came through Tahoe a few years ago, and I was like, Queensrÿ, I fucking love Queensrÿ. And then I learned, no Jeff Tate, the singer, and no Chris garmo one of my favorite guitar players. So I said, no, nah, it's a cover band. So so, the, so. La- <laughs> no. the,
2: the, the last time I saw Queensrÿ, Steve, was a show that you and I went to together. Oh, really? Where uh, we 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 worked at the showbox. It was um, yes. yes, yep. it was it, it was for um, right after the tsunami in Thailand, and they, we were doing tsunami relief. And if it was with the rock station, and we were there as a part of the street team, yeah. and Skindred, this band from England, opened up, and uh, that was and that was the full Queensrÿch band. Yeah, that was yeah. no nothing like you know, yeah, yeah, uh, like now. And then, okay. um, so how was, was how was the headliner? Priest? Yeah, Priest. Rob was good. The, I had one. I mean, so when they played, you got another thing coming. There, there was. There was like a, a little timing on uh, on on like the chorus that was off a little bit to me, but I'm not going to get ticky tack about it. Everything else sounded great. Don't
0: get ticky tack
1: about it, Risky. Okay. And, not with Priest. I mean, come on. not
0: with no, come on. Let's not no. get ticky tack.
1: All right. And, How and, was the crowd there? Describe uh, wh- what's the age and what were they all looking like.
2: Believe it or not, there were actually quite a few young people there. Hmm. And one kid in particular was screaming, saying, I can't fucking believe this. I'm going to see Judas fucking priest. This Uh, is amazing. Like in
0: their 20s, young. Yes. Wow. That's
2: good. Good. And there was one one kid standing behind me, and he was probably, I would say, 20, 21. And he was all glammed up, Steve. Uh Like, he, he was looking Sunset Strip. And you could tell his mom was. At one point, one of those girls, you know, yeah,
1: yeah. At, was at, he conceived at an old school pre-concert in the I bus or know, something?
2: I don't know, but uh, a roadie baby. yeah and I'll tell you what, though, and Rob Halford's got this this big Santa Claus beard now. It's really kind of off-putting to me because it's this big bushy beard, but it's all white. And I'm just like, ah, it's just a little weird. So This is who I'm, we're
0: dealing with, dude. I mean, they got to be in their 60s, right? Older than that. I bet. Older than
2: that. I mean, when I saw. You
0: think they're in their 70s?
2: Oh, but, Dude, I went and I saw the Scorpions in Vegas back in April. And Klaus is 75, 76. And, wow. and he's the singer for for them. Let's and, see if uh,
1: Siri knows. Because Siri can answer this most of the time. Hey, okay. Siri, how old is Rob Halford?
2: Rob Halford is 71 years old.
1: Yeah. 71. 71. Wow. Yeah. I would have thought he, he was older, actually. <laughs> so, okay.
2: And, he, and the other thing, obviously, there's there's no K.K. Downing and Glenn Tipton anymore either. Um, in the, dead? And, No. Well, one of them has something like Parkinson's, mm-hmm. and then the other one, it's just kind of like band stuff. You know what happens. People yeah, get yeah. busy. How long then, does
0: uh, Judas Priest
2: play for? Two hours. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. No one dropped dead. That's good. Nope. And then the, the next night I saw uh, Maiden,
1: Iron Maiden. Oh, Iron Maiden. Nice. Okay. Yeah.
2: And and uh, I mean I I the I wanted to hear two songs, and they played one of them in their regular set, and the second one they played in the second encore. I wanted to hear "Fear of the Dark" and um, "Ace Is High." Those were the two songs I really wanted to hear.
0: And you got them both, huh?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, the Aces High one is cool because it starts off with a really great speech um, from uh, Winston Churchill when oh, he says, "We shall fight course. on, our, we shall fight on the." <laughs> well, Aces High is all about the Battle of Britain and mm-hmm. the RAF.
1: Fantastic! Then, which, I had no clue. A,
2: well, r- Run to the Hills. Look at the lyrics to that. That song is all about um, yeah, Native Americans getting slaughtered. Wow. Um, and the I no head. idea. Dave and, Matthews
1: stole Don't Drink the Water off of Higher uh, Maiden. You didn't know that, did you? No, I did not, and I don't <laughs> think it happened. <laughs> hey, so Bruce, anyway. come out, what are the women like at these Maiden Priest concerts? I mean, are there some hotties in leather bikinis, or are these like seven-year-old women, their titties are hanging on the floor now?
2: No, spiked I mean... in leather still. <laughs> There were some attractive women. No more attractive women at the Maiden show than there were, but the. But also, Maiden was at a huge stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, know, it the, was okay at, at, at the DCU Center, which is which is kind of like Key Arena.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, quite a bit of people. If, if yeah. you could have picked from one of these shows uh, in hindsight, like who did the better show?
2: Oh Maiden by by leaps and Mounds. Uh, yeah. Maiden was just, I mean, Bruce was so on point, and he sounds so so good. He really does. And the whole band was just super, super tight. Nice. Um, and it, you know, it's interesting because uh, you know, David Crosby, obviously. Sure. David and I mentioned David Crosby because recently he said he saw that um this guy named Vin Downs, who's one of these like um uh, he's a composer. He's a guitar composer. And right. Vin, Down- Vin Downs was talking about Maiden, and now he enjoyed him. And David Crosby said, oh, I can't believe you like that noise. It's like, fuck you, David Crosby. Go snort a bunch of more coke and have another <laughs> fucking heart attack.
1: That's weird for a musician to say, quite frankly. <laughs> it is, for sure. I don't agree with it.
0: David Crosby's known for being somewhat of a dick douchebag.
1: Did anyone else just hear that? I did. That was weird.
2: I thought some, some you guys were playing something so i i didn't want to know <laughs> did you it. hear that nick no what was it that there
1: yeah there's like some weird feedback going on in our channel here it sounded hey, like hey. weird drawn-out fart yeah dad or- <laughs> yeah
2: okay. no i didn't hear it over uh, here yeah.
1: I don't know. well maybe that's the universe trying to give me a segue because okay. um, if we're done reviewing slaughter iron Maiden, yes. and judas priest uh yes. <laughs> i uh, i i have to tell you i find our I didn't realize how educational our show had the potential to be oh really we have been discussing and i don't know why because again this is nothing on my notes but we've been discussing crapping our pants and crapping in public and uh uncontrollable bowel movements (laughs) i mean we've just had this recurring theme on our recent shows about you you know we've we've been talking about
0: it because uh pooping your pants 45 to 55 is on the rise
1: yeah That's Nick's contention, and is that anecdotal or are you uh, researching this somewhere? lots of research dude 45 to 55 pooping your pants is
0: on the rise across the world i mean really it's not an american
1: thing okay all right it's so happening everywhere so stds are on the rise pooping your pants over age 45 it was funny i was pulling clips from the show and i realized i pulled two different clips of nick talking about you know dumping his pants and i'm like Why <laughs> i don't understand why this is a recurring theme it's on the one, rise, of them was, dude. one of them on the airplane you were telling that story and then you right. had one about in your studio that you don't have a bathroom there and sometimes you wait too long and can't quite make it to the house. And you do the penguin walk, which I wasn't aware that was a thing. But really, you've never done I've the never penguin heard the walk
0: term. when you've had to poo?
1: No, no. A- and Is as you- I said, this has not been an issue for me, even though I'm into my 45, 55 year old range. Well,
0: but- uh, Bruski, you do the penguin walk before, right?
2: I have. Yeah.
1: You sure. know, told a story about dumping in his pants and sister Brewski was uh, was yeah. involved in it. And and yeah, Nick, you had two different stories. And uh, uh, let's like, be clear. I had one story about pooping my pants.
0: Okay. the well, other one was not about pooping my pants.
1: It was kind of what well, you threw up in your pants because you
2: were busy pooping. Oh, on the airplane true. on the airplane. Oh, yeah, oh, that's he, true. He that was helped. talking about walking from the studio up to the house. To, that too. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Well, and on that story, Nick, you shared with us that you said, I'm never going to poop my pants again, because I'll simply just drop my drawers and lean against a tree and let it fly. it while it's hot. Yes. So for some reason, that story stuck in my brain, and I drive around town listening to our podcast back, and um, I had shared with you guys that I've never had any sort of cause to (laughs) go dump in public like that until last week
0: oh <laughs> little manifestation dude yeah. what happened
1: i don't know if it's gotten in my head or what it is but uh we have again unfortunately been keeping people up to date on my intestinal issues i've been having oh
0: yeah
1: and i'm three weeks into this gentleman and i am still having these problems uh you did not follow the brat diet to a t am i correct I've been pretty close, so I. So here's the deal, everyone. I got on this medication that I, I took it for like a few days, and it just it, it hit my system wrong. So the doctor said, like, stop taking that. Like maybe we'll try a different kind of medication or something. But it, 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 I, I was vomiting on the first day. I was exhausted, and on that first day, I started having terrible diarrhea, and it has now been three weeks. And I am still having this issue. So last week, I finally got on the phone with my doctor and was like, listen, like uh, at that point, it was two straight weeks of just, you know, just a liquid diet, to say the least. Even waking up in the middle of the
0: night. Oh, yeah.
1: Diarrhea. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Keeping me. Yeah. Yeah. Middle of the night or just like you said, I'm working in the office and all of a sudden like, oh, my gosh, like I got to run. So, um, you know, she put me on what she called like super duper emodium, like prescription strength um, to try to firm things up. And then right. she told me to do the brat diet, which she was like, it's not the best term, but it's what we call it for little kids. When they have uncontrollable diarrhea, we put them on a strict diet, the brat diet. Right. I thought she meant the brat diet, which ironically. <laughs> <is weird.
0: laughs> you were like, I've been doing a lot of that
1: yeah so she put me on this it firmed things up a little bit but i've still been having just multiple times a day just like rushing to the bathroom and are you raw oh good god i can't even tell you uh ring of fire i am mr johnny cash nowadays (laughs) oh it's painful and uh it's literally painful and quite uncomfortable um so, yeah, she put me on this, you know, try this diet and try these pills and, you know, let's give it three to five days and see what happens. So, I decided to um, to go out and ride my dirt bike last week because um, I needed some uh, some time up on the mountain and the season's winding down around here. So, I was smart enough that I brought some wipes with me. Like, I thought... You know, there's a distinct possibility I'm going to be out in the middle of nowhere. and need to take a dump, and what am I going to do? Like, I'm not ruining my jersey or anything that I ride.
0: With. my diaper, daddy.
1: Right. So I kind of thought ahead. Like, let me let me see what happens. And so I was out doing the Brap diet, B R A P, riding the bike, and I, I stopped to enjoy a vista, take a little puff, and I was just like, oh boy, I'm the bear now that needs to go crap in the woods. But I heard Nick's voice in my head, like, don't wait too long. Don't just right. think. You can hold it in. Don't penguin walk while you're out there on the dirt bike and bouncing up and down, <laughs> going on these uh-huh. trails. So I thought, I'm going to take the Nick Reynolds philosophy. I'm just going to embrace this. And- you have to do it, or you would shit your pants, and it would have been a really uncomfortable ride home. So oh. Good for you. No. Yes. So uh, I got to tell you these trees. I don't know what kind of trees you have in your yard, but you described leaning your back up against a tree and mm-hmm. going into the squatty potty position. Yes. Now I will say these trees that were around me, they were the bark on that was extremely rough. And a lot of them had sap on them, but oh. I realized like I'm, I'm wearing my dirt bike gear. So I have a chest protector on, so I have a back plate on as well. So I was able sure. to lean against this tree and use my chest protector for, you know, for this rough bark that was on the tree. Right. And, and yeah, I, uh, I, of this poor tree. I just destroyed this poor thing. I didn't realize what a <laughs> projectile I had, per se. But, uh... <laughs> and yes, no. I, I felt it- like yeah oh, go good. ahead i was just gonna say that you described the experience of having the fresh breeze going around you and i was like i i hear what he's saying now like his yeah. reviews were accurate dude. Like, Very nice, fantastic. dude i love that you experienced what
0: i was talking about <laughs> yes. uh were you at all nervous like uh i was on my property so i knew there wasn't going to be anyone coming around did you have to kind of be looking around to make sure no one was coming or were you alone
1: well, I, I, I got to this lookout spot that I go to often and it's at the top of a trail. So I knew if anyone was going to come, they could only come from the one end. And so I was keeping an ear and an eye open and I'd been up there for a good 10 minutes at that point and no one had come and gone and it's near the end of the season. So it's not, there's not as many people out there right now. Sure. But uh, yeah, no, I definitely kind of looked around and just gave a good listen. Like, do I hear any engines in the distance? And yeah. I felt I had the all clear and the internal clock was not going to give me too much more time. Sure. So- yeah, I uh, i squatted, I sprayed, uh, I cleaned up nicely, and uh, you know, enjoyed the view, enjoyed the nice mountain fresh air. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, there's something,
0: man. I didn't anticipate it to be this way. <laughs> I was using this out of necessity because yeah. I'll never poop my pants again. I was just like, I'm gonna do this at the, you know, first sign I can do it, I'll do it. So I drop on this tree. Once that breeze started blowing. And I looked around, and there's birds chirping. I have never felt so free in my entire life, dude. I felt like, you know what? I fucking made it, dude. I can shit wherever. <laughs> I can shit wherever I
1: want to. You do feel very one it. with nature. I mean, they always talk about bears dumping in the woods, and uh, yeah, it was, it was me and Smoky Bear out there just uh, letting it fly. So. Does he
2: crap Brad. in the woods?
1: Yes. Yep. I, Apparently, he does. I crap in the woods. I crap in the woods. I do everything uh, with nature now. So, but yeah, it was so funny to me because I just I, I heard your voice from the show <laughs> in my head and took I'm your So advantage. glad, dude.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yep. So well, there you good. go. And the ride Here. down, the rest of the ride down was all good. You didn't have to stop again. No. I made it through, and I had a moment of, like, eesh, I kind of used all my wipes here. I hope I don't need to. (laughs) What did you do with the wipes, dude? Did you bury them? Did you bag them up, pack it in, pack it out? What would you do? Listen, listen. Uh I'm a a devout pack in, pack out. I ride in some areas down in Nevada where people leave cars, refrigerators, piles of shit, and dump. and like, I never, ever, 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 ever leave anything behind out there. Sure but i couldn't pack in these disgusting dis- dirty wipes so i did what i felt was the next best thing and i yeah i buried them i dug a yeah. little hole and buried them down deep like i couldn't throw that i understand that dude i you know what i can oh, attest guilty. to this steve and i have been out
0: uh in the wilderness steve always whatever he packs in he packs out and he treats Seriously talks about it a lot on the radio when people are coming into town. So I know that about you. Uh, You only did it out of necessity first time in how many years that you uh, didn't pack out?
1: Yeah, ever. I mean, I don't ever leave anything behind. Um so, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did feel I mean, a little You guilty left guilty.
0: something behind, dude. But, I mean, oh, I
1: did. But that was fertilizer. That was organic naturalness. But,
0: dude, it'll be wonderful if you go up to the peak next year and see the uh flower, a beautiful flower <laughs> right where that happened.
1: I fertilized it pretty well, so that's a, a distinct possibility and uh phenomenal. That I will say, I've, I've, uh, I've told everyone on the show before, and you guys know this very well, I'm a uh, big Howard Stern fan. Uh, he is the king of all media and uh, the most successful broadcaster. He pioneered this whole industry of people speaking their thoughts. And I use a lot of his mantras of just being honest with your audience and, you know, speaking from the heart. And years ago, years ago, what, what do you got there, Nick? Uh, this is uh, you got a, oh there you go a Howard Stern duck that is the quack of all media that is hilarious for those of you not watching us <laughs> on YouTube but I didn't know you had a Howard Stern duck doll in your studio there yeah, yeah. the quack, quack of all, of all media. media dude Stern went on a rant years ago that when he first st- said it I was just like dude you're you're crazy uh, Howard Stern uses wet wipes after he takes a dump. And he told a story about, like, if you got dog poo on your hand, would you take a dry piece of paper and just wipe it off your hand and then be like, I'm good, I'm clean, I'm sanitized? Right. And I kind of thought, like, boy, he might be onto something there. And so when I had my first kid, we had baby wipes in the house. And I thought, like, let me try it. And I got to tell you, I am hooked. It is the most clean, refreshing way. Thinking now about using just dry paper, yeah, you, I, I do that for the ninety-nine percent cleanup, but then I always end with one nice, you know, wet wipe. And oh, I'm wet, no. embarrassed, like I don't want anyone seeing that I have baby wipes in my bathroom well, or whatnot. But for, you should not be using baby wipes.
0: Uh, I mean, they're so terrible on your plumbing. Uh, well, I don't flush. flush. Them. No, you what don't do you, flush
1: wipes ever. What, what do you do with
0: them? Garbage. So they have poop on them, and you put them in the garbage. Yes, it's my bathroom. Screw you it, but off.
1: it, uh, and I
0: have I'm a lid on my can that. by the way. I
1: understand, but does it smell? I don't notice it. No. All right, so, and I empty my trash like once a week when I clean the bathroom. So it's sure. not like they're overflowing on the thing. But <laughs> of course, yeah, I'm telling you, it's clean. It's refreshing. You feel so much more clean.
0: <laughs> so, I 100% agree, and I, uh, I'm on a septic, and uh oh. you have to be really careful about even you know bad toilet paper that you flush yep. with. You know, yep. so. uh i was sitting there with rachel one night and i'm like i really miss the fact of being able to use wipes because i never thought about just throwing them away so uh she said uh well you could still use them and i said listen i have an invention what if we were to find a?" Uh, the spray of whatever goes in there there's like aloe and some different things in these wipes Mm. that you could spray on your toilet paper and then wipe and then Mm. flush it that's interesting i was like this is a fantastic idea i better make sure that it's not already a thing or i'm gonna invent the fucking shit out of this and i'm gonna be a millionaire no pun intended yes it's already a thing dude i've I've never heard of it Yeah, uh, I don't know what the name is, uh, but
1: I'll let you know. It's uh, it's almost as good. Hmm. Almost as good. I'm not a big fan of wet paper, though. So spraying it on toilet paper, doesn't it just fall apart? It doesn't.
0: And that, that's what I thought the issue was going to be. It's such a soft mist over it that it doesn't soak into the paper to make it like dingleberry up. Hmm. Yeah, it just kind of makes it a little. It, it's like a half
2: wet wipe. I well, so you've never done an Alabama wet wipe? Say again. You've never done an Alabama wet wipe? What is it?
1: just well, get toilet put, paper wet
2: that you know you no, not uh, your toilet paper but you spit on it
1: oh, uh, oh no dude i've never oh, done an a, alabama
2: wet wipe no. yeah you do it often no no when, when i when i used to so when i worked in this office in boston i used to go to a <laughs> particular floor to go to bathroom because it was there weren't a lot of folks that were, worked on that floor yeah sure <laughs> and sometimes you know <laughs> you're going to blow stuff up you don't want to do it on the floors where you work Mm -hmm. and um and sometimes you want a little extra cleanliness you know Uh, but Mm. there's no it's not like you can go to the sink because the sink is like on the other side of the bathroom you know yeah so yeah you just kind of you know sweet home alabama yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, wow. I've
0: never heard about an Alabama no. wet wipe. I, well, now this is the new thing. And Steve had a shot at this for a while in one of his properties. But Howard Stern has since um, moved to the to- uh, Toto. Is that what it's called? Brusky, the Japanese toilet everyone's in love with. Uh, I think it's called the Toto. The to- type of to- day or something? Uh, yes, pretty much. Oh, uh, the Toto's yeah. fantastic, but the bidet, he's moved a bidet. First oh. of all, in his new bathroom, he moved to the bidet, and he's got a urinal in his bathroom, which I would freaking love to have a urinal in my bathroom.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I would. Uh, but bidet, bought the bidet. I'm now using bidet, and I have never been so in love with anything in all my life. Really? yes and you can now steve buy oh the bidet i bought i bought on amazon i think i paid 60 dollars for it and it yeah. just attaches know, to your current attaches, setup. goes exactly. over your toilet
1: the last house so i moved fantastic. into had one of those i threw it away i just I... say it again the last house i moved into had one of those and i immediately uninstalled it i mean first of all it's a used bidet which yeah that's which gross is weird. Yeah. but i don't I, I just feel like don't you get soaking wet No, No. you don't. Uh,
0: First of all, this is how this thing works so well. You can choose to have just regular water or you can have the water heated. Uh, I thought I got to get the heated because I'm not a big fan of cold water just out of nowhere on my junk, right? Uh, But it's not that cold and it actually feels somewhat uh, refreshing. You can aim this thing so appropriately of where you want it to go that you do not just get soaked you sit there and they even have some that have dryers built into them but what i do is do the bidet and it leaves your butthole a little bit damp and you just take a little bit of toilet paper and dab it off if you feel like you're you got too wet and you're done and you it's just step out of the shower clean dude it's wonderful every time interesting
1: well yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to try.
0: Well, I'm gonna buy you one for Christmas, dude. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so Bruce, do you want a bidet? I'll buy you <laughs> one too, dude. Thoughtful. It is yeah, thoughtful. I'll, yes, I'll buy both of you guys a bidet. I want I more mean, I people to be in this club. It's a it's a crappy gift. But um, it's crappy. (laughs) Yes, yes. But But it'll clean it up right away. Well, I hope you're starting to get
1: solid harness. I'm glad you pooped on the tree, though. I'm glad you didn't poop your pants. Thank you. And uh, and by the way, just to follow up on your previous comment about the waste basket having you know poop-covered rags in there, yeah, there shouldn't (laughs) be much on there. No. If you're doing things right, you're supposed to do 99 percent the old school with toilet paper, and then this is just a slight little cleansing. Imagine if you dust something, and then someone goes back with a white glove, and you know they're like, "Oh, yes, there is a little left." That's what. Hundred percent.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I get that. Uh, I didn't mean to make it sound gross. I just hadn't done it before, and I wonder if you get
1: the smell at all from it. No, and I do have a trash can that has a lid on it. Maybe that helps. But no, it's not like just shit cover bags
0: yeah. I remember <laughs> when we were in Italy uh you know we took my niece to Italy for her uh, senior you know graduated high school we we're like oh you can go anywhere you want she picks Italy or she uh, I'm sorry she picked Greece yeah. when we get to Greece the guy gets, leads us to our first room and there's a sign uh, and he pointed it out he was like make sure that you're not flushing any toilet paper and uh she was like what do you mean I was like, "Oh yeah, plumbing is not like it is in America and a lot of other countries, dude. That you no. cannot yeah, uh, so, so yeah, all what of do the they toilet do? paper
1: uh, you put it in the trash can." Oh, that is disgusting then. How does that go over? Yeah. They empty those things I, daily. I mean, it went I over fine. Say it again. They empty those trash cans daily, I hope. I mean, oh, how do yes, you it's just That's course. terrible. Yeah, that is yeah. what you were envisioning, I think, just crap. Oh, covered. 100%. I <laughs>
0: mean, you don't flush any toilet paper. Everything goes in the Ooh. bin. And it's got a lid over it, you know, that closes down on it. And they do. I mean, we were in hotels, so it's cleaned out every day. But, uh yeah, you could not flush anything. And so like that, a lot of places, Mexico, Costa Rica, I had issues with, you hmm. know, flushing toilet paper. Interesting.
1: Well, all right. Uh, Since we're talking about other countries, uh, I brought this up last week that I have this topic about accents that I feel bad about, but I want to discuss if we're ready to move on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Occasionally, I have these things where I uh, I start to wonder, like, you sound a little racist as you start to say this thing. Like, we had talked with a dating coach that I felt like I was a dating racist because I don't seem to be swiping right on minorities. I, I go for blonde hair, you know, white girls, and like, yes. I feel bad about that. And uh, as the dating coach said, no, it's not dating racism. It's just you have a type, and that's what you're looking for. It's not that I hate the other ones. It's just not what I'm looking for, right? But I, I still felt guilty about it. Sure. I have a similar thing about accents in in audible jobs, shall we call them, like at the drive-through or if somebody's a customer service relations on a phone where you can only hear them. Okay. I I have recently been dealing with a uh, with a government agency, and uh, we've been going through some. Uh, I'll just tell you it's the IRS I mean my ex-wife and I messed up a bunch of tax returns and we've gone back and we fixed them all and you know we we got everything squared away now but I've had these conversations recently where I'm kind of in the final stage of just getting some of this paperwork done and it's important paperwork I mean it's dealing with your taxes your finances and all this stuff and anytime you're dealing with the IRS you don't want to have a miscommunication of any kind sure and this this agent that I've been talking to he has just a very thick Asian accent And, okay, so if you have an accent, that means English is your second language and kudos to you. You've learned more than one language. You're doing much better than me. Sure, But I don't understand how people end up in a job that is audio only when you have a a thick accent. It's not that I'm hating on the guy, obviously, but I'm like, I need to understand the information you're trying to convey to me. Whether it's someone on the phone or I've had this at the drive-thru, like I'm trying to order and you're saying things back to me that I cannot understand. Yeah. And I feel bad about it because I feel like I'm admonishing you for having an accent, but that's not the point. The point is you have to communicate to me with your voice only, and I can't understand you.
0: It could be a situation. I mean, this particular thing, I, I understand what you're saying and have had struggles with this before. I think we all have, uh, but it could. this particular situation could be a thing uh, where his uh, first language is that he speaks at most of the time to people
1: that he's calling? Sure. And he's, or he grew you know, up in another country, and you know, it's it's just that ingrained.
0: Yeah, but I mean, they may use him to talk if he's Japanese to talk to Japanese mm. people about this. You know, that know would I make mean? sense. Yes, right. And then maybe you know the, uh, he's not busy enough, or somehow he landed your case. That is a good point that you make when it is something that you have to be so careful with about figures and numbers and directions of yes. is it uh, is it racist or is it acceptable to say, sir, I appreciate you. I'm having a really hard time understanding you, uh, and I, I want to make sure that I get all of this right. Do you ask to talk to somebody else?
1: Right. That's the yeah. conundrum because I don't want to. I'm not so worried about offending the guy at the McDonald's drive through but when you're dealing with the IRS, you don't <laughs> want to piss them off <laughs> or <No>, offend <laughs> no, them in no. any way. So I kind of had that, but I thought like, no, 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 don't ask for, can I speak to a white guy? <laughs> 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 that's, sure. that's not going to yeah. go over well. But so then you, I found myself... Well, I was constantly repeating what he said, and I would say like, sir, let me make sure I'm understanding what you said. You said this, this, and this. Is that correct? But then I feel like I'm talking down to him or condescending or something, and then I feel like I'm just I'm in a minefield, and I don't want to be. Here's the thing that you might be able to
0: try is just to say, you know what, sir, uh, I'm going to be up front with you. I'm a little bit hard of hearing, and I want to yes. get all this right. So if we could just, if I can repeat back what I heard to you, and you can, you know, acknowledge yeah you got it right yeah you got it right
1: just blame it on yourself mm, that's a good yeah. angle i like that.
2: that i like that a lot
1: i just don't understand like who put them on this job or call people in america and english is your second language and you don't speak it very well like i mean how how same with the drive-through like okay we got 10 people working the fast food line let's take the person who doesn't speak english very well and put them on the job where you only speak to people
0: well uh, I, I, think I just you don't understand how that happens I think for uh, like telemarketers and stuff like that, uh, people who are working, especially like minimum wage type jobs, uh, you know, it's you get what you can, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. You know, so
1: do you think the other 10 people at McDonald's speak English even worse? And that was just the best, you know, of, the, <laughs> of all the accents. So if
0: we got Frank working at McDonald's and we ju- and you know we just say oh Frank you don't do the drive through people can't understand you i think that, that i think it's
1: just like a rotation thing right Uh-oh. or could that be some discrimination lawsuit for frank
0: sure i think maybe it could be i don't know well, but it is it is an interesting issue especially like you said with the IRS where you want to be getting everything right yeah i've had i've had uh i've had the issue before of where i've just had to say like i'm having a really hard time understanding you. Uh so I'm going to repeat myself and I'm not talking down to you. It's just uh English is your second language. So maybe if you could talk a little slower to me cuz I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. I don't pick up on it as quickly and I apologize for that. You know, I don't know. It's a tough one, Steve.
1: It's it one of these situations where I feel like if I was racist or the next caller who will be racist, he'll say the same thing I'm saying. I can't understand you. You know, let me talk. Let me repeat this to you. Like, I, I I'm sounding like the racist guy.
0: No, I'm here's the difference, dude, is the next guy who's racist has been like, you know what? Uh, can i talk to a fucking american you know can i have somebody else here you know they're gonna gonna be rude about it and demeaning about it and you're not being that way it's a solid issue of we're trying to communicate here and i'm just letting you know i'm having some difficulty but i'm willing uh, obviously i want to work with you so
1: uh let's just make sure we get it right you know you've got an accent brewski when you travel the country has anyone ever been like hey boston dude i can't understand you
2: well, I mean, for certain lingo, I'll get that here and there. Um, I will tell you that for a while, I worked a remote job where I was doing customer service for Amazon. Mm. And this this guy called, and he was just he he's just like, "Where are you?" And I'm just like, um, "In my office." Mm. And he and he's just like, "No, where 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 where, where are you calling from? Where, where am I, where am I calling to?" And I was just like, "Amazon." And then, and then he's just like he's like, you're not American. I can hear you. I can hear uh-huh. your damn accent And I'm just like, sir, I'm, I'm from Boston. No you 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 ain't from Boston. <laughs> almost like, well, you know what maybe you might want to talk to my parents because you know otherwise they've been I've been living a lie this whole time.
1: That is ironic. Boston is probably uh, the most American accent, right? You know, the 13 colonies. <laughs> the uh, uh, you, would,
2: you would you would think. But sometimes, usually it's mainly it's with lingo and that sort of thing. And I'll get folks in, in the Uber that are tourists. Mm. And, and I might, through just having a conversation with them, I'll throw in some lingo that's local lingo. And they're like, oh, what's that? And then I would explain to them, like, um. S- somebody do you
1: visit. ever say "wicked awesome" to get bigger tips?
2: Do <laughs> you ever play the part? Um,
1: right? Do you ever in Boston Austin dude?
2: Uh, some t- a couple times, you know. Like, <laughs> look, I ask. You want
1: me to park this car in like, Harvard
2: Yard? <laughs> I'll, I'll ask people if, like, I'll ask people if they want to. Like, if they'll say, "Are there stores around here?" And I'm just like, "What? You want to stop at a packy?" Right. And they're, they're like, "What? Well, what do you mean?" I'm just like, "A packy." You know, you you want to get some booze? So some they're like, you mean a liquor store? And I'm just like, that's what I'm saying.
1: Right. You know,
2: um, I
0: love it when you make people feel dumb. Like I'm not sure what a packy is. You know, uh, you know it's a packy. It's a fucking packy.
2: <laughs> Come on. So, so for the, the for those who don't know, here in Massachusetts, where we used to have a shit ton of blue laws, when you used to have to go and buy beer or booze, they there were there was a law that like it always had to be put in a brown paper bag. And uh, and like hand it to you so that it looked like a package. Uh, so they, they would call it a package store. I'm going to package see. store. You know, this is it's just blue law bullshit. But these days, like, I mean, everyone just calls it a packy or something like that. You know. I got you. Um, yeah, I love sir-
0: that, dude. I and I love, I love trying to learn not only different languages, but different, uh, areas across the country of they say different things. I love all that shit. I wish I could speak another language fluently. Uh, yeah. uh and have have tried a few different times and uh, I'm just no good at it. I wish I would have learned when I was younger because they say it's easier for your mind to kind of soak all that in. I had an interesting experience two nights ago. Rachel and I ordered DoorDash, and uh, I get the text from the driver that basically says, "I wish I could pull it up, but it basically says I'm a deaf DoorDash driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if you have any questions, you know, you could ask me here." So I didn't have any questions uh but I w- I just wrote back something like you know thanks very much you know look forward to seeing you or whatever. So before he gets there I think to myself I start thinking about deaf people as a whole and what what a tough world that this must be for deaf people right because this is a world not made for the deaf uh for sure. Yeah. So I was like uh I just want to learn a couple of things real quick when he drops my order off that I could say to him. Right. Oh, no. Yeah. So I start Googling and oh, this
2: is all I'm going to do. Bruce. Why are you so disappointed already? No, I I just have a feeling. I don't know. I just, I, the you know, did No, I, I did I, I, not I know, fuck it up. I, didn't. I, I, I know I would have messed it up. So that my, I'm just putting my <laughs> mess up on you and I don't mean to do that. No, that's all right,
0: dude. So I, you
1: just quickly Googled a few basic
0: sign language things. So this is what I Googled, dude, and I actually watched a quick YouTube video of them being done and said, so I could do it. Yeah. So basically, all I wanted to do was uh, learn "thank you," which is, you know, this. You put your hand. It's almost like you're blowing a kiss without puckering.
1: Mm, okay.
0: okay. So, and then I wanted to learn uh, be safe, like, you know, as thank you, be safe, you know, as he drives away. So, be safe was uh, something like this. And then you cross your arms and do this. Two simple things. So, when he gets here, dude, I walk out. And first of all, it's nighttime. And you guys know where I live. It's fucking dark, right? Yeah. There's no street yeah. lights. I'm way out in the woods yeah (laughs) so he's getting the food out of his minivan and i'm walking around and i'm right behind him and i start thinking to myself oh shit he doesn't know i'm here when he turns around it's gonna be real i'm gonna scare startle him right so i kind of back up a little bit and i think i don't even know how to let him know i'm here other than flash my flashlight a little bit you know kind of show that i'm walking so he turns around and looks at me and uh before he hands me the box i have to do it right because i can't do it with the box
1: and right hand.
0: so he turns around he's got it in his hand and i do the thank you you know be safe dude i have never seen in my life and i won't imitate it because i'm not trying to degrade what he did but he made noise uh and like tried to say, show that he was excited Uh that I did this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was, uh, it really hit me hard as I was walking back down to the house of like, we could all try just a little bit to be more inclusive in areas that I don't even think about all the time of people who cannot hear, dude. I mean, what a lonely sort of world that must be. But here this guy is out doing DoorDash, and I started thinking, oh, he has to keep his eye on the GPS all the time because he can't hear it, right? I mean, it's a much more challenging world sure. without being able to hear. But, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool that he was so excited about it, just trying just to tidge, you know, just like a little bit to
1: communicate with
0: him. So I think I might try and learn ASL.
2: That's a good idea.
0: Right? I mean, just yeah. to,
1: to be able to talk a little bit. Well, you don't yeah. have to worry about the accent, I guess. So you're eliminating that part of it all. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah. I would be worried that there's such nuance in sign language that if you it's- get the gesture wrong at all, that now you're <laughs> offending the guy. So I would just give him the thumbs up and just call it good. <laughs> you know, It's oh, like trying to speak a different language to somebody. Like if I mess this up at all, I look like a bigger moron.
0: Uh, but you know what? It, even with that, like when you speak to people who, Well, it's like when you go to Mexico and you speak uh, just a little bit of Spanish that, you know, it's probably broken, but means enough to somebody that, oh, he's trying. He's not arrogant and think I should know English, you know? Yeah. Uh, And I think it just means I think it means something to everybody who knows you're trying to speak their language when we went to italy for the first time i felt like such a douchebag when i got there i was like i'm so arrogant to think like all these people i'm coming to visit your country you should speak my language you know and be able to host me properly you know i saw a lot of people with that attitude
1: mm, yeah. so
0: i try and learn at least the bare minimum before i visit anywhere
1: yeah that's fair and that's probably good on you. I mean, I, I see a lot of things, particularly in France, where they like to make fun of Americans trying to speak French. And it seems like, hey, he was trying, uh, lay douchebag. Why don't you just give him some credit? But, but yeah, it does backfire a lot. So
0: I when I went to France, that was the only place I've ever been where I felt they had disdain for me. Just you know. They did not like me just straight out of the box, you know, and uh, that I don't think that they're welcoming at all. I don't have a huge desire to go
2: anywhere in France. Well, you know, I I enjoyed it quite a bit when I was there, but but I'm one of those people where, you know, but even if I go someplace and it's obvious people don't like me or something like that, I don't care. I'm 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 owning the room. I'm going in. I'm enjoying myself. And if you don't like me, all right. And too bad. You know, that's that's on you. It's not on me.
0: Sure. I, and I get that I'm that way. Most times, I guess, just when you go to a country, uh, the culture and the people are something that I'm seeking, uh, for the, the whole experience of where I'm going. So if you're an asshole just out of the bag, you know, I just doesn't, I don't have much interest in it.
1: All fair. Hey Bruski. Speaking of uh, Boston and your uh, your other profession, uh, driving Uber, sure. uh, you mentioned it, Nick, and I. You had something weird happen with Uber this week, or what was that?
2: Oh, so la- last night I, I dropped off the, this girl in a very affluent area in Boston, kind of a suburby type place, about ten miles from downtown, kind of. And hmm. um, I picked up my next na- my next passenger, and my next passenger said, "I think someone left the phone in your car." And I'm like, oh, geez. So then, she gives, she hands me the phone, and I kind of figured it was the last person I had just dropped off. Mm-hmm. So she was calling from her dad's house, her dad's phone, because on the screen it said "dad." So I answered it, and she said, "She starts getting real aggressive right away." Yeah, you you need to bring my my phone back, and and I said, I said, this is. Caroline, I just picked you up, right? She's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, no problem. I said, I'll bring your phone back. I was like, I'm on a ride right now. I said, but when I'm done with this ride, I'll come and I'll bring the phone back to you.
1: Which is very nice of you. You're under no obligation.
2: I, 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 exactly, exactly. So then I give this this lady the, the ride and she's going back to basically almost the same area where I picked this woman up. So it's so it's 10 miles away. So i go to drop her off. This chick calls me back. Are you going to bring me my phone back? I'm outside. And I just said, I told you when I was done with this ride, I would have the phone back to you. And it's just like, you know what? I really want my phone back. And you know what? My dad's a cop and he's tracking Uh, this right now.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. It's not like you stole the fricking phone. She left it in the
2: car. Right. Exactly. This is on you. You asshole. So (laughs) talk about
1: privilege. You know, you fuck up and you're barking at someone else about it.
2: Oh, I know. I know. So then I'm driving. I'm driving back with the phone at this point. Now, I'm off the clock. I'm not getting paid for any of this at all, right?
0: Yes, nothing.
2: She starts blowing this phone up, like just calling and calling. I'm nine minutes from her house. And she's like, where are you? How come you're not here yet? And I said, I said, Caroline, I will be there. I'm nine minutes from your house. She calls back. Eight, I'm eight minutes. This is one minute later. She Holy did this shit, for the next dude. three minutes, wow. just completely harassing me. So then I get to the house. There's no lights on. I gotta walk up this dark this dark driveway and I have my my headlights on, knock on the door. The old man finally comes to the door, and I give her her dad the phone. Is
0: he in I, uniform?
2: It's not he's not a fucking cop because <laughs> he because he was he was all confused like oh you brought it back and i'm like oh i thought you were tracking this phone right now you, right. you know? officer <laughs> but, but i well but I, thought I thought about saying to him like officer how are you tonight and i'm sure he would look to me and said officer why are you calling me officer you know but so then i can hear her in the background of the house saying thank you and I'm just and I, as I walked away, I said out loud, "I'm like, what a fucking cunt!" Wow. <laughs> and I I would, say uh,
0: "I would press
1: charges for impersonating an officer." Yeah, really. Well, I, I would have told her your phone's going to be in the parking lot of fucking Fenway, and you can find it yourself. You know.
2: Well, yeah, I I thought about that afterwards. I should have said, "Well, if you're if your dad is tracking it, I'm going to leave the phone." Basically, where I, you know, right in the area where I picked you up and you can go and find it there, (laughs) you know, what's protocol for that, Bruce, because it can't
0: be that you go drop it off again.
2: Well, you're supposed to reach out to to Uber and let them know you found a phone and you get you get $15 that Uber charges to the customer for you uh, returning that phone to somebody.
0: Did you do it?
2: I reached out to Uber, yeah, and and actually, at first, they lodged a complaint against her for harassing me and just being a complete, uh, you know, bitch about everything. And um, I didn't get a lot of satisfaction out of that. All Uber said was, "We're sorry you had to deal with all that. We'll make sure that you don't get matched with her for a ride ever again." And I'm thinking, no, I want her banned from the damn app for at least a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. You know? Did you get um, the
1: fifteen bucks though? Yes. Did she leave okay. you a good review, or she rag on you?
2: So I don't know. I don't know.
1: Mm, yeah,
2: I don't know. But- although, although I could look at my last my last reviews and see. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm a four nine seven driver, which wow. means that
1: nice.
2: yeah, and I have over four thousand rides.
0: That's uh, in- that's impressive, Bruce. Do you take pride in that number? Don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. I I, I give really good service. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of like a tour guide with folks too. A lot of times they'll be like, what about this? What about that? And I'll tell them stuff. And you're made
0: for that, dude. I'll tell you what, when I came to Boston, driving (laughs) around with Brewski was second to none, dude. I mean, I I got to learn everything about that uh, city in a very short time, you know, a couple of days. And uh, Brewski had water for me. And this is just, he's just (laughs) picking me up at the airport as a friend, right? Yeah. Uh, How
1: old was, is this woman, do you think?
2: Uh, early sure. 20s. Okay. Yeah. Right. I would say between – twenty. she was at least 21 because I picked her up outside of a bar and restaurant. So she was between 21 and 25, I would say.
1: Yeah. Well, I've got an article here that talks about uh, the pursuit of happiness. And it basically, it surveyed people all over the country to find out at what age do you feel you achieved the peak of personal happiness in your life? Okay. And I ask, because uh, this 20-something-year-old is apparently not in the right age demographic. First of all, we've talked on the show before about the fact that, you know, Nick and I are 46, Spruisky, you're 51?
2: Yes, sir. Yes.
1: So, yeah, but I was saying to Nick that, like, you know, we're kind of in the prime of our lives. We were talking about it earlier in the show with my sex drive and whatnot, that in many ways, we are in the prime of our lives being in our, you know, mid to late 40s, and and do you see it that way? And Nick, you had said that no, right? You kind of felt like we're old farts at this point. or
0: I mean, I, as far as like personally speaking, like I don't feel old. I still feel like I do when I was in high school. I mean, my body doesn't feel that way. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, but as far as like w- this original conversation was like, are you into trying new shit? And can you learn new stuff? And uh, yeah, I feel a little past my date in some of
1: those areas what do you think what age range do you think most Americans would say they achieved peak happiness in their life 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s
0: yeah uh oh I'll answer it for myself I suppose I mean I'm still uh, in a very happy spot in my life but I think it's easier to look back in the past and be like ah oh, those were the fucking good times dude those were those were some good times so I would say, Thirty to thirty-five, somewhere around there.
1: Okay, Brewski, what do you what do you think would be the answer?
2: Yeah, I would probably say like you know mid to late thirties, something like around there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this company uh, did a survey of over three thousand people sixty-five and older to ask them, you know, looking back in your life, like you were saying, Nick, when do you think you know you were at your peak happiness? And they actually broke it down per state. But I can tell you that, I mean, I'll just do a couple of states here, uh, but there's a, an obvious trend here. So California, the the age is 44, Washington State, 46, uh, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, 43, uh, Michigan, 43, Florida, 44, Oklahoma, 45, Texas, 43, uh, Nebraska, 42. It's almost all mid-40s. There's literally only one state in the country that for some reason thinks their mid-30s was the best, and that's Maryland. I have no uh-huh. idea why, but... Um, but this survey shows that uh, mid to late forties tends to be what most people have said is the peak of your life.
0: I would I would say that it's a little bit easier. Well, I mean, I I I, I have less options, right? I mean, if you ask me this question when I'm seventy, maybe I would say mid forties, you know. Uh, but all I have is forty six and younger to look back on right now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Do you feel like you're in the best time of your life right now, Steve? Boy, I'll tell you. I mean, in some ways I do. I feel like um, I'm in really good shape. I've had enough life experience to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, you know, I've, I'm have i financially along enough in my life that I have dirt bikes and skis and toys that I get to go play with and, sure. you know, I'm, I'm independent in, you know, in every possible way. So yeah, I mean, me personally, I my 40s have been kind of brutal. I mean, I went through a divorce. Uh, we've all been through a pandemic. I went through, you know, my, my last relationship, you know, the pandemic caused economy problems which is fucked with the business i run like i mean so in a lot of ways like anecdotally no my 40s have been kind of brutal but putting that shit aside like no i feel like i'm young enough and healthy enough to enjoy what i've achieved but old enough to have achieved these things sure no i understand that what about you Brisky? yeah
2: I, I feel really good with where i am right now you know uh, i mean like steve says you know past few years have been difficult on on all of us and that's been the early part of my 50s but it's it's actually been been all right i I feel good
0: here's the thing dude is that i i think as we get older for me anyhow uh and i imagine it's for everybody but for me anyhow uh as we start to get to the age we're at 46 to 50 uh there's been enough of life that has beat the shit out of you you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's hard while you're in or near those moments to be able to say like, what a fucking great decade or what a great five years I've had. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And maybe as I get older, I'll look back on it. And I do, uh, I, I, practice a lot in my life, trying to be grateful for things, even when things can be shitty in certain areas and try and gain some perspective. But if you're asking me to really, Say, like, am I in the prime of my life right now? Uh, I don't feel like I am. Not at this particular stage. I don't think I am. I'm, But there's a lot of things I'm happy about. I'm really happy in my marriage. Um, I'm somewhat happy professionally. I'm happy with the friends that I've surrounded myself with and the assholes that I've gotten out of my life. Like, in all of those stages, like, I'm happy, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well we're going to have to check in over the next 10 20 30 years of doing the show and see you know is uh, is the grass greener in hindsight or it's right or are we being dumb right now and like not truly embracing that this is this is the peak right now you should be fully enjoying this I tell uh, Rachel all the time you know like uh, she'll look in the as she's getting ready
0: in the morning and she'll see uh, a new wrinkle or wrinkles on her face that she doesn't like And I always tell her like if you think about uh, when you're 60, you're going to be like, oh, damn, dude, I was so hot at 40. You know, right. like you need to gain some perspective on where you're at in life and what's great, like experience the now, be happy with the now. Uh, but it, it, it can be hard to do. One of my favorite lines ever from The Office was when Andy Bernard said, you know, I wish there was some way to know that you're in the good old days when you're actually in them, you know? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yep. And and I do. I I always think back like, oh, those were the good old days. But maybe these are the good old days right now. I mean, they will be someday. But let's live them like they are right now. You know.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I suppose the correct answer is every day is the the peak of your life and should be treated sure. that way. But uh, you know, it, it's hard in the here and now to appreciate things like that. And yeah. It's easy to cherry pick the past too, to think, man, in my 20s, like, oh, I was just, I was in a rock band and I was partying. Yeah, you're also poor and you were dumb and you didn't, you know, have a lot of life experience. You're like, I don't know, but I do feel like for the good and the bad, these are good times in our lives. And, you know, there's been plenty of bullshit going on, but uh, I don't know. There's still a lot to look forward to and uh, a lot of life ahead of us. So uh, I say embrace it.
0: I say embrace it as well. Uh, I hope that as we get older, you know, like I see my mom going through this now and maybe you do too, Steve. And I know that your parents went through this brewski of where they're starting to see like their friend group die around them Mm -hmm. if they're lucky enough to outlive some of those people. And, uh, that to me seems very depressing to have to watch like I mean what would it be like I know when I lost my dad like he his best friend is still here and I see the depression in him dude that all of his friends are gone like he's the last one that has remained and it seems very sad to me Mm. you know Uh, so yeah I guess we should just really look at these times like fucking the bands all here dude where where, uh, things are great the bands yep. here and because i don't think that it gets better as you get older necessarily
1: yeah i don't know sometimes i look what's ahead and i start to do uh, what my shrink calls future tripping you know like well what if it goes this way and that way and this way then sure. i just started to like that you know right here right now i'm alive i'm healthy i've got a roof over my head you know i'm doing good things like maybe i should focus a little bit more on the here and now instead of where things could go or where they went wrong 10 years ago or 20 years ago like it
0: seems to be a thing that can be tough but it, uh, the people that are able to do it well seem to be a lot happier. Uh Rachel and I have this conversation all the time about like uh people in our lives that Just kind of bop along and don't really think about stuff, how much happier they must be that they don't put like all this thought into, oh, the country's in despair or these people are being treated poorly. Like if you're just kind of ignorant and just kind of bop along, maybe you're just
1: a lot happier, dude. Yeah.
2: Ignorance is bliss,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's point. really true or not, but it just goes against the grain of who we are. I know to to not yeah. worry about life and anything. So I don't, I don't sure. know. But yeah, you're right. Maybe being a happy idiot might be the the better way to go. <laughs> quite frankly, right. so it's so that old thing with Spicoli. Like you know, they said like, "Don't you have a job?" He's like, "All I need are some cool waves and some beers, man." <laughs> yeah. it's like Spicoli's definitely a happy idiot, and who knows where he is now? It's a fictitious character, obviously, but you know, like. You know, I always worry, like, you got to plan for the future and all that stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, I think you know. there's got to
0: be a good, uh, you know, you got to plan a little bit, but not over plan, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sure. Uh, gentlemen, we have a T-minus five minutes. Are there any other topics we need to get to or uh, anything else?
0: Uh, just one one announcement that I would like to make is uh, I'm, I'm doing my best to try and get on a path to become a vegetarian. Oh. Uh, be uh you guys have tried beyond meat at all or any of the yeah meat products that aren't meat. Have you tried them No,
2: yeah, I've here and there, you know. Like I've I've tried like uh what do you call it? Um satan or shaitan or how you ever say it, S C I T A N and like field roast. I just, I just like don't it. get it. Field the roast
0: point.
1: is kind of nasty,
0: but uh have you, you tried
1: if you're going vegetarian, why do you want to have the good old taste of meats? Just embrace the vegetarian side then, right?
0: No, exactly. for me, it's more of just like I'm I'm having a harder time as I get older knowing uh, the way that animals are slaughtered. And, you know, it's more of a, a become a moral issue moral issue. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh, but I've been trying some of the and I'm not there yet. I'm still eating meat. I'm still eating everything. Can't you tell? But this Beyond Meat, dude, uh, is starting to get so freaking good that you can't really tell. Rachel and I got these um, chicken buffalo chicken patties, chicken in quotations. They're so freaking fantastic. And you cannot tell that they're not chicken. Beyond Meat just released that they're coming out with steak in like the next two months. Hmm.
1: Well, what about tired. the moral treatment of the people in the factories at these? Like, how far does your moral compass go before you're like, fuck it, I want a hamburger?
0: Only the people in the factories,
1: dude, can stand up for themselves. <laughs> They're not
0: poor, little, well, innocent
1: animals. You maybe know? the chickens should learn how to arm themselves and fucking fight back. <laughs> yeah, like survival so. of the fittest. <laughs> Evolution, baby. Are you anti-science now? <laughs> no, I'm not. And
0: I don't know why. I've watched too many documentaries about the way that uh, meat is processed and Chickens are treated. Like I said, it hasn't scared me away from it yet. I'm still eating it. I'm just in the thought process of trying to get there.
2: You do know that the movie Soylent Green was set around this time, right?
1: No. Around the 2020s. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Mm. You can eat people. Because yeah. they can defend themselves, so you can feel good about that. Yeah, I, I think we've
0: already established so I'm all into cannibalism, baby. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, we did. Right?
2: Dead, we?
1: But yeah. why don't you then just eat from farms that are, you know, treating animals humanely? I mean, I know they still kill them at some point, but not the factory stuff where they're all, you know, living in their own shit. It, it,
0: yes, yes, I see what you're saying. Have you guys? Have either of you hunted and killed an animal?
1: Uh, You know, I grew up in Michigan where hunting was super commonplace. And uh, every October, the school would empty out from people go deer hunting and whatnot. Um, So I grew up around that so I can understand it. But there was one time when I was a kid where I had a BB gun and I killed a bird and I felt just terrible about it. Yeah. And so like my moral compass kicked in immediately. And so I decided like, nah, I'm not going to go be a hunter. Um, I understand that it's food and population control is a big thing with deers, quite frankly. Um, yeah. But no, I've never, I've never gone full on hunting and killed an animal. Cause I, I learned at an early age, it's just not for me. Brewski. Having said no. that, I'm also not a vegetarian. I'll eat a steak or hamburger all the time.
0: So. Yeah, exactly. I'm in I'm the, the same mindset dude, where uh, I have killed an animal before and I did not like the way it made me feel. Um, my nephew is a huge hunter and I was quite impressed with the whole process of he, when he, he always goes deer hunting, when he takes a deer out, like he had, he spends like an hour with that deer, like being appreciative of, you know, like what it brought, you know, and 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 I bet he eats the meat, right? say again
1: i bet he eats the meat too right a hundred
0: percent yeah it's not just a sport right
1: sport hunting go fuck yourself you just want a trophy on your wall but if you respect the process and eat the meat and all that then you know i get it and to give thanks
0: for the animal and what you've given up and everything seems good to me so if, if it could all be done like that i think i would feel better about it but uh, it's hard to know where, unless you're doing it yourself, where it's coming from and what kind of conditions and stuff like that. Like yeah. I said, I'm not there yet. I'm just kind of processing all this. And with this beyond meat getting better and better, it might be creeping into my life. That's all I'm
1: saying. I'm adding it already into my diet where I'm probably about 20, 80. Well, I'm thinking about going pure sex robot, because I think artificial women is the much easier way to go in this world. I feel so like you've you already I, done that. dude. We're kind of on a similar path. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh right. If exactly. science makes the fake version just as good as the real, I why not even <laughs> fucking bother with the real version anymore.
0: Somehow, Steve, once again, brings it back into <laughs> sex. You're a sex maniac, dude. We should talk about this on the next program of you're addicted to
1: sex. No, no, no. I embrace Mrs.
2: Harness.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is All right. sex Steve,
2: Steve's the lover. What can he say?
1: Yeah. Right. And I embrace it. Uh, speaking of the byproducts of sex, I have a child to go pick up. So we got to wrap this thing up. Ladies and gentlemen, episode nine in the books
0: for the vocal minority with Nick and Steve Olabruski. Check us out online at vocal minority dot net. Uh, we record new episodes every Monday uh, and then we upload them Tuesday ish.
1: Right. Yep usually tuesday at midnight west coast time so every uh, every tuesday basically look for the new episode and yeah please do find us on the social media keep sharing that stuff and keep spreading the good word for us and uh the vocal minority.net if you want to get a hold of us Indeed, so
0: brewski have a fantastic rest of your week dude you too guys take care stefan
1: take it easy you as well nicholas peace peace to everyone we will be back this is the vocal minority with nick and steve